to just put the video up as it is. All right. Sounds good. Put the video up as it is, and then the audio will be separate. I'm not going to try to intertwine them. I'm just going to fuck something up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mean, like, so you'll just have the video with the audio that it's coming off the yeah. iPad, and then, like, the audio will be the what you have, like, all synced up here? Yeah. 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 So any, anyone watching watching won't hear what we say over the music. Right, right, uh, yeah. Except for your songs. Oh, right, yeah. Because you're not going to sue me. Because <laughs> I'm going to sue you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, cheers, yeah. Steve. Thanks for coming. Dude. Oh, hey, thank you. It's really no, a man. pleasure. Actually. Anytime. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime I get to sit and talk to you for any period of time is time well spent. I agree. It's always really fun. You want to put your headphones on oh, so you yeah. can hear me? got to do that. That would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think you think I should know this by now. Yeah. All right. All right. So, okay. uh, we're starting so. the show. So, thank you for coming by. Oh, you're very welcome. To the podcast, Vinyl and Vision. Again, cheers. Cheers, Steve. This is Steve Matos. Steve Matos was the uh, extraordinary guitar player for a number of projects, like uh, famously Arabon Radar. You were an original member for that, and you went on to do uh, Doomsday Student with uh, some of the members of the band. uh, Right. Craig. uh, Craig and Eric. Craig and Eric. And then Paul Vieira, Vieira, who are also, you know, were in the Chinese Stars. Right. Um, in between that, I did Athletic Automaton That's with right. Pat Crump, drummer. Yep. I was going to say, uh, Pat. That was like the, um, after Arabon Radar. Directly so like, after. And it was just yep. the two pieces, you and Pat. Yep. Mostly you guys put out a few records. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, we, we did like um, uh, two full lengths and then we did a couple split records. Yeah. We did one with like a split with um, Made in Mexico and then we did a split with um, a- uh, AIDS Wolf, who was from Montreal. Yep. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually did produce a, a decent amount of stuff for the short time we were together, like yeah. four years. Yeah. yeah. You guys were were going at it. Going you did at some it. touring too with that. With yeah, the, we with yeah we did did like a west uh, like out to the west coast tour. Did some Canada dates and mm-hmm. and some local stuff and yeah, cool. Yeah, man. it was fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and then now you're doing uh, Chrome Jackson. Yes, and like so, Chrome Jackson started after I was doing Athletic Automaton. So it was sort of like when I had like nothing going on. Yeah. I uh, started thinking about just doing my own thing, my own project, and so it became this like thing that I would always have in my pocket when if other things were, you know stuff wasn't going on but um it was still a serious thing but like it started with the sort of like it started as a serious thing but then i thought about it as like i'll always have this because it's just me you know right um so yeah so i started doing that in like 2009 or 2008 and i've put out um well now this is my my second record that i just put out that we'll talk about and then i put out a record back in 2011 called chrome forest right and um, that record, uh, it was just put on a small label from this guy in uh, Wichita, Kansas. And yeah. um, what label was that? It's called Snake Fork Snake Records. Fork. Yeah. Okay. And um, like a limited pressing, um, and then Skin Graft actually the label that did uh, like a lot of the Arab stuff, right? And also the Doomsday, uh, you know, some of the 
I mean, 3-1-G did the, a lot of the Doomsday stuff, but SkinGraph did like the CD versions. Oh, okay. And so SkinGraph did the CD version of the Chrome Forest record. Oh, okay. And um, I was going to say, because uh, I got your CD, Chrome Forest CD, and I saw that and I yeah. was just like, I don't, I didn't remember SkinGraph being involved in this. Yeah, he had like, when I, when I put it out, he kind of like asked like, hey, I, if you want, I'll do a CD version for you. Oh, and I was like, okay. Cool. It was kind of like his idea. I wasn't initially going to do it, but he wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, and um, he had been doing stuff like that. He did that with Doomsday Student. Like we had put out the vinyl, but then he wanted to be involved and like put out the the CD yeah. of it. So He's, he just wanted his hand in there somewhere. He's just like, these guys are amazing. I want <laughs> yeah, to be part a, of this. Mark's a great guy. The yeah. guy that runs that label. I mean, he's and, just known you guys forever too, because he kind of started you guys off in Arabon Radar. Right. right. Didn't he put out like your first few records? Well, he, he put out the last, uh, the last couple records. Oh, the okay. first two records came out on like smaller label. In fact, oh, okay. Um, in fact, the first Arab on Radar record came out on Jeff Tosti's label from Which uh, was? Um, Jeff Tosti was in um, Laurels and Bossman and now he does Detroit Rebellion. I don't know if you've, oh, okay. if you've seen him. Like I haven't now, seen him. I've definitely heard about the name and I know Jeff Tosti. I mean, I don't know him personally, yeah. but I just know kind of him from being, the, being in the city and yeah. being the uh, political figure that he is. Right, right. You know, yeah. But, you so. know, he's been in great bands over the years and yeah. Um, he was the one who put out our first record. Yeah, oh, it was okay. interesting. He had a label called Hepperin Records. And, oh, okay. That's what it and was. And so we put our first record out on his label. And then second label came out on this label that was out of Boston. This guy, uh, he had, the label was called Op Pop Pop. Okay. <laughs> um, that one, it like, he I don't know. It just didn't like... In terms of managing that record and like produce, like doing it, like it, it never really got its like full justice and like, uh, Mm -hmm. that kind of fell apart with that guy. And so at that point, like we had already wanted to work with skin graft, but it hadn't happened yet. But then we started talking to them and like getting in touch with Weasel Walter Mm -hmm. and, um, that like eventually we'd like, we, we had, I, you know, I think, uh, one of the guys like Jeff was talking to Mark at skin graft and, um, and then we, we eventually just like, um, got in with them. Well, we, I should say that we recorded a second record with Weasel Walter. So there was that, yeah. like he helped, he did the recording of that record and then that helped us get yeah. the like, full length. Was that uh, full length? Yep. Soap it was called, uh, no, it was called, um, rough day at the orifice. Rough day at the orifice. Okay. And so all of that good, started good to, yeah, yeah <laughs> you guys are stellar on the title <laughs> names. Trust me. <laughs> Thank you. We love we love the puns, you know. Yeah. Oh no, you're good for him. It's just uh, just classic. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, those last two records came out on Skin Graft. Those the ones that I think are more well known to people. Soak the saddle in Yahweh or the, or the highway. Yeah. And um, actually, our very last release, which was just a CD release, it was called the Stolen Singles. Oh yeah. That came out on Three One G. Okay. Um, who also did a reissue of the first two records on a CD. So we had like a, you know, a double, you know, like a, uh, what do we call it? Like a two record CD okay. of the first two records because it had gone out of print. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing that. I think I may even, maybe even bought a copy of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was like a way to salvage like, you know, those two records. The first two were like 
you know, limited pressing, screen printed, all hand, you know, printed by like, you know, uh, Matt Brinkman and Brian Chippendale and did all mm-hmm. the artwork and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, um, then once they went out of print, because those both of those labels were small labels, and like Jeff had been didn't really wasn't doing too much with label stuff. Yeah. After that. So then we wanted those records back in print and it was good that through and G was like, I'll do the CD of it. So to get it back yeah. in. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's the history of our recording. Uh, nice man. Uh, label, label history for Arab on radar. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And labels, uh, it, it seems like they're harder and harder to kind of work with, uh, these days, especially on an independent level because, yeah. uh, so y- the route you took for the new record, Chrome Jackson's, uh, invertebrate waltz, did I say that right? Invertebrate, right? Yeah. Invertebrate it was invertebrate okay. or invertebrate. <coughs> yeah. So it's just where we come like from. The yeah. weird word, yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, you decided to do this one on your own. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I contemplated like talking to, to some, labels. some of the labels. Cause like, you know, Skin Graf could have been someone I could have talked to him about it. Um, also, 3WinG, I could have talked to Justin because he, had been doing our the doomsday student records right but i was a little hesitant because i didn't know how much i was going to be doing with chrome jackson in terms of like you know when you put a record on a label then there's this sort of like well what are you going to do for me you know once you because you got to push the record right push the record they want to they want to see that the record's selling and so you have to do your promotion go on a tour and exactly do interviews whatever exactly and and so when i was doing this project I just didn't want to sort of like have that uh, over my head because I didn't really know what extent. I mean, not that I won't be doing things, but I did, wasn't sure like yeah. what I want to do. So I didn't even want to bother because if I went down that route, there there might be that issue. So I decided to just totally bypass it and, and look into the Kickstarter. Yeah, self-funding, be- right? Yeah, yeah. And then all of it is like, you know, I figured that it was self-funded you know it's a nice way to someone to get the record you know right away like their their pledge is like getting them a copy of the record and yeah it's kind of like being invested in in the business it's kind of like being a shareholder yeah right yeah i'm gonna give give you this money and then what i'm gonna get out of it is basically i'm gonna get a copy of your record from you directly yeah which is very cool i mean especially (laughs) considering it's it's a it's a tough gamble, right? Because you put it up there, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get we'll get into it a little bit in more depth as far as like how that works because I'm kind of curious. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, you know, you're basically putting it out there and just like reaching out to your sphere of influence, your you know your followers, your friends, your fans, <clears throat> and just telling them like I want to do this. I already have this. Like I want to put this record out. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear this record, I ask you. You know, I'm asking you to please contribute and then to help me pay for it to make it happen. Because yeah, if I yeah. if you can't pay if you can't put any money towards it if you can't you know contribute, then I can't do it. Then it's just it just doesn't get done. Right. And so then it's also kind of a nice like um, it makes me feel good knowing that if it does get funded, that means people did care about it. You know, yeah. they're like, all yeah. right, it actually this this is something you want to hear. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, so that was, it's like a nice little like, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a gamble. You're like, whoa, are they gonna want to fund this or not? <laughs> I will say that it was a little scary for a little bit because it was coming down to the wire and like I was like, I'm not sure if it's right. going to get funded. And then Yeah, it was it, it was did. a little far. It was like, what, at 50% or something? Like 
Yeah. And it was like, yeah. And then the last couple of days, which I mean, I've heard from a lot of people that it's like most of those projects do get funded. Yeah. But I still was like, maybe mine's not going to be the one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then it really worked out. Yeah. That was awesome. It's nerve wracking to be on that that end of it. I will say that that was a little it was a little nerve wracking because I'd never done one of those before. So it was like it was definitely a little nerve wracking. That's sure. great though. So, um, yeah. but so you got your funding, you got yeah. fully funded, and a little additional too, I yeah. think, on top of that. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. so you you have to kick back a little money to the organization if you get to a hundred percent, right? Yep. So I mean, that's how they make their money. That's how they survive, and they keep that going. Yep. So whatever, it's just part. It's of like part of yeah. doing business, you know. Yeah, it's like five to ten percent. I think it's like around eight percent or something that they take. I yeah. can't remember what it was, yeah. but you know, no. but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. You know? But you um, got the funding and you you pressed it. You pressed your vinyl yeah, and I did it. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, man. Congratulations! I, I I got my copy. I I contributed. I know you were one of my contributors. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it's my it. My pleasure. <laughs> so here it is. Here's the uh, the vinyl that you got pressed. And so, so this is your baby right here. It is, and that's my and uh, my wife Alicia Renadet did the artwork. Yes, she did. Um, so and she. Um, I was really excited about it and excited for her to do it. And she's an amazing artist. And uh, yeah, I it was looks so great that she did it. She's uh, she's the best. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say I mean, I, I love the art. I was actually very tempted to uh, do the contributing um, to contribute where we would get the original artwork. Oh, yeah. I was very tempted, uh, you know, but it was a lot of money for us, you know, as far as I was concerned, oh, sure, like sure. at the time. Um. You know, if I had more money or if, you know, I was in a better place at that moment, I may have done it. But yeah, uh, sure. but you did get it sold. Somebody did contribute. And yeah, I mean, the, I don't know if art. it's like I don't think he would mind if I said it. But Jay Ryan from Six Finger Satellite. Oh, he the did one it. Who did it. That's yeah. awesome. It was really nice of him. It was awesome. So That's great. It was really cool. So he's now got the the front cover of the, the original collage. artwork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It was this huge. Like, how did she do this? It was. Oh. uh well, she, it was a collage. Um, she did it on, um, I'm actually forgetting what it was, like 20 by 20 sort of yeah. uh, paper that she, um, uh, I mean, I can't explain her process, but yeah, it was of a lot of, um, you know, it was a collage type uh, draw. So she did drawings and uh, she sort of uh, did scans and drawings and sort of put this together. Hmm. Um, some of it was, uh, there's a, like a secret little weird um, blind contour drawing that she did of me that's embedded within this. You would never know that it was me because yeah. it's basically like an abstract. So, okay. But she had done a blind contour drawing, which, you know, when you draw, but you're, you're just looking at the subject, but you don't actually... Look, look at, at what you're doing. What you're doing. Yeah. So she had done that, and that became part of like huh. part of embedded in that drawing is uh, is uh, I'm in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> wow, but again, okay. you would never know because it's very abstracted. Yeah, and plus uh, it's just kind of like layered over with all of this other color and other shapes st- yeah. and movement and stuff that's going on. I mean, it, lo- it looks great, and, and, and unfortunately, oh, I don't see your beautiful face in here, but <laughs> but uh, it's really cool to know the process and that your wife did it and that. Um, and that you finally got it pressed, you know, of oh, all, you know, well, thanks very much. All yeah. in all, it's like you got, you got it done and it's in our hands and that's the, that's the most important part. It was fun to, to do that. Cause I hadn't done a project like that, like seeing it through to the beginning, through the end and be doing the process. And I have to say mm-hmm. that was kind of like fun to be like, I'm going to do the pressing. Uh, I mean like not me personally, but like 
you sourced it you found I did the layout oh. of the record i didn't do the design but i did the layout and yeah you know all that stuff sent it to the pressing plant it felt good to just like just yeah do something like that and see it through like start to finish like yeah that. yeah fun yeah. I mean, with all, with all of your record experience and kind of uh, as many records as you've been part of putting out, it's like this is the first one that you were actually part of the whole process. Yeah, yeah. There you was know. something fun about sort of like seeing how the sausage is made, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I know how that is making music, but like doing the all the other stuff was kind of fun yeah. too to see like how yeah. it all works on that end. Maybe not as fun, but right. it's yeah. also kind of just a, just kind of crazy to know and to kind of see what goes into it exactly you know because uh, being a band member you're like okay well we recorded it it's up to you now to get that thing out yeah because we would have artists you know i mean obviously again like i I, my wife did the artwork but it's like yeah whoever's going to do the art basically either they did the layout to put it to press or someone else did it like the record label would take the artwork and do the layout and all that stuff and so it's interesting, right. yeah. It's and then even as far hands, as like, yeah, once right. you even as far as the pressing of the record is concerned, like kind of where it goes as far as the like mastering and the actual pressing mm-hmm. of the vinyl and the packaging, all that stuff. Like it doesn't sound that fun, you're but right. you know right. when you're doing it and it's your baby, then obviously it's a little different and it's oh, a little yeah. more gratifying. Yeah, totally. But uh, so you even did all the recording of this. Yeah, yeah, I did all the recording. No, the mastering was done by our Darryl. friend Daryl. Yeah. So um, who had who has worked with. Doomsday student on the last two records and yeah. did a great job. He's, he's been he's like really your engineer awesome. of choice, huh? He has been, yeah. yeah lately. He's great. Yeah. He's got yeah. a great ear. He does. He does. Like, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, we had machines do the first uh, Doomsday record. And then, you know, we had talked to, like, Paul was like, you know, we should, I mean, we're talking to Daryl and he does recordings and he was like, you know, like, he really wants to do a record. So then we, decided to like do our second record yeah. and we really liked how it was and we really liked obviously machines they're great right um yeah. but we wanted to just like do try something else you know yeah and then uh but daryl's was great and so i knew when the mastering came around for this record for this project i was like i'm not gonna be I'm, i don't know how to do mastering right that's something that i was like i just don't understand the yeah. science of it this is the one thing i gotta give up yeah <laughs> i gotta give yeah. this to somebody that totally. knows what they're doing <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, I didn't feel confident about that. I wanted it, to, and I wanted to make sure because that's so important. Right. For yeah, the especially final if you're going to put this on vinyl. I mean, yeah. it'd be one thing if you were just doing like digital downloads or CD copy oh, yep. or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, when you're getting down to vinyl, it's just like you really want to make sure that it's got the best quality that you're going to get. Absolutely. So that's really cool. I mean, and Daryl's great. I'm. I was really happy to see that he was part of it. And um, yeah. So you know, be recording this yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you did it at home? What do you I record did. on? I mean, you know, it's funny because it's it's it was very really simple. Like I, um, I have a uh, like you know so like my setup. You know, I know that like you know some people don't know like the project, but it's just me. So I I, I depend on loops like on my guitar, like you know, and uh, so it's all guitar stuff. Yeah. And so it's all loops. And um, I basically just have this like in the basement. I don't it's like not even really well soundproofed or anything, mm-hmm. but it's just like I just have a couple like like, you know, Sound soundproof walls that I that yeah. Alicia helped me build. Yeah. Um, that did basically did the building and uh, um, just set that up in a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really had too much worries about sound. 
uh, like noise. Yeah. So um, when I was doing the recording, basically what I did is I have like a twin, find a twin amp. And then I have my pedals set up and my guitar. And I just basically just recorded all of the loops separately. Okay. So like, you know, if I play this live, obviously I have all the loop stuff in the pedal. But when I did the recording, I just recorded everything separate so that it would be, you know. Better quality. Better quality. Better sound yeah. control of it too when it comes to like mixing and mastering. Yeah, all because that. the last record I did uh, was a mishmash of recording, the Chrome Forest record. That was a mix of uh, rec- uh, various different recordings from like a f- couple of years. And that record is almost like a compilation of like stuff. And some of those were done really raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of them, you know, I used one of the tracks from doing a BSR live show. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so it was like, and when I did in some of the stuff I did myself, I didn't really do multi-tracking. So yeah. some of it was like, I really squeezed it out from just like one track. So it's like really raw, but I, I like that it's raw, Yeah. but I wanted to make sure that it sounded good and you got the intricacies. So I wanted to do it a little bit more, yeah a little more professional quote i think you can hear that on this you know yeah like i gave this a good listen and uh and i own your first record too so comparing the two i'm like i can absolutely hear what you're talking about because the first record is definitely like um for anyone that's familiar with your your sound yeah because your sound is very particular to you mm-hmm. and every project that you're part <laughs> of is just like you come through very clearly and um <laughs> and that you know i mean that in a, in a good way <laughs> uh but uh but it's just like you know so that first record is 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 just is very raw like you said yeah and uh and it's just, it's really harsh it's really brash because you yeah. have a lot of that high end and that trebly mm-hmm. tone in your guitars and uh, and this one is cool because I, I can definitely see where you kind of um, like really got it more thought out. Uh, first of all, you got a drum machine on this yep. a lot. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot more tracks with drum machines. Yep. Yeah, and the, yeah, the other record, there's no drums at all. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that right. was that it's was just a the fun loop. aspect. It's just the loop that you're using as the tempo kind yep. of right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. That it has that feel to it, which uh, I've never been a big fan of drum machines personally. But I mean, yeah. some people can use them really well, and you use it really well on oh, this record. Well, thanks. And um, <laughs> and just like the different aspects, like uh, there are some some like little interludes where you do a little acoustic guitar work too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's cool because I've never even heard you play an acoustic guitar. Oh before. right, right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> minus like in a house like by yourself, you know, like uh, yeah. when we were living on Wood Street or something. Yeah, yeah. But never like you know in an actual performance or writing something on it you know and actually it's a baglama which is a turkish oh, okay. like uh stringed instrument okay um it's sort of like i mean i'm not an expert on the baglama but i've always loved the sound of middle eastern stringed instruments you know and so yeah. i've been wanting to buy like an oud or like a you know belzuki or any of those but like the Baglama was one that I'd been listening to like a lot of like Turkish like psych rock and all these different things and oh, like yeah. and you always hear the word Baglama and it's a very like um a friend of mine was talking about the name of the other day and I could I wish I remember what he said but he had a good name for like the sound it's just a really like I mean you can hear it on I, I think on the record but it's a like um three four five six seven string guitar has a very thin long neck okay and it has a body almost like a gourd like almost like a um sitar body yeah okay you play it with this little thin pick they call a plectrum and yeah. it's like soft pick and it's just yeah. a very like 
crisp, uh, atonal instrument. Yeah, it's know? got very very twang to it. Right. Yeah, yeah, like kind of almost like kind of like a bazooki or something, right? Like some right. kind of like Japanese, like. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I feel like it sounds very similar to like yeah, like the the strings, like a Japanese instruments or like, you know, and again, like other also Middle Eastern. Too. I mean, there's like you know, there's always like, you know, similarities across yeah. through music where you can hear like certain things. That right, are, right. So that's what I used on that. So that was fun. Oh okay. And it's because yeah. it's something I got obsessed with. And I uh, wanted to incorporate it on the record. Cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it was great. I mean, it's a it's a very good record overall. I mean, oh, thank you. Um, like I said, compared to the first record, like this has just got much more depth to it, and and that's that's what I like about it because it's not just like, you know, that onslaught of just like fucking that just sonic thunder <laughs> coming through you. you know? Shit show, which is actually a name yeah. of one of my songs on that record. <laughs> so that was like why I yeah partly why I call it that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, so um, this has got a, a very different feel to it, and it's, it's very cool, and I hope that everyone that contributed to your Kickstarter that got a copy of this, I hope that they're they're loving it, because oh, I you. am. Yeah. I think it's great. Oh, th- thanks so much. Um, thanks so different much. from the other stuff, too, you know, different from the other bands, different mm-hmm. from Marathon Radar and Doomsday Student. Yeah. Um, but uh, so do you still freak out when you when you play this? Because <laughs> I haven't I, seen this show yeah. yet. I well, know you, you know, do the I, whole chrome look. You, you, you right, look very right. metallic. And I I have a harder time freaking out because I've got to be like contained with mm. the sounds when it's know? all you man. There's all it's eyes all on me. you. you yeah, know. there's like no one else to sort of like fall back on, you know. Right. And so literally, you know, like, <laughs> but uh, I uh, I yeah, it hasn't been quite the same kind of like performance. So like, you know, it's definitely a little bit more like listening. Yeah. you know watching me i mean i guess the silver suit will be the the visual yeah um right. but uh <laughs> but uh, yeah over the years like i've done a few shows like i haven't played a ton with it but like right. over the years it's always been yeah like i've more self-contained with the right. project because you have to be i have when, to you, be. when you're wearing that many hats like in one performance it's like yeah. you kind of yeah, yeah you kind of have to like you focus. have to <laughs> it, it might take a little bit of that joy out of it because like, yeah. like yeah especially with what you do and how you do it <laughs> the freaking out thing i can imagine how like it's just like no i, I gotta like it takes away from that like that freedom to just freak out and just do whatever it is that you're gonna do um, yeah yeah it's like chrome jackson sort of had to make me like a little more like a caged animal i guess or tame because yeah. i have to like right. i have to stick by what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> i have to stick close to like uh close to the the gear right but yeah. uh <laughs> so so do you want to uh, spin a couple of tracks off this record so that people can can hear it sure um what would you recommend as uh maybe the first track uh well uh how about we listen to invertebrate waltz the title track okay that might be a good one track to start two? with track two yeah you know so this record has five songs but it's like 30 minutes long so yeah like, the couple tracks are really long. Oh, okay. Like, uh, so like Swamp Thing Shuffle, which I really like the first track. Uh, that's like eight minutes. So I don't know if we wanted to listen to that. I thought okay. that Invertebrate Waltz in, is a good, like a shorter one. Happy medium know? there. So it's like, yeah. Okay. And uh, I like that one. That's the one that I was promoting for a while when it came out. But uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, if I can get it to line up right. Oh, yeah. That's always <laughs> 
it's always a little tougher when, I, when I'm in this seat trying to put the tracks on. Yeah, I have like my uh, my turntable at home that has that little push uh, button that gives a light. <laughs> there, that's a good spot. Oh, there you go. So that's a little bit of that instrument you're talking yeah. about right there, right? Yep, that's the bog llama. So cool. <laughs> it's a really, I really love the sound of it. It's a, yeah. it's got just a really, I don't know, just. It, it adds a weird texture, like a different texture, especially considering you know, like what most people would uh, would know you for, mm-hmm. and that that sp- particular sound that I was talking about. Um, like that right <laughs> that sound is this like that's what you're known for and yeah. for doing so to hear that kind of you know just intertwined in these songs is this like really kind of nice it just breaks it up a little bit and then you got some yeah. drum machine too so it's like okay now you actually got a beat going. I have a beat yeah exactly and, something uh, a little bit more to sort of like have yeah. a bass uh, down on yeah, I think that was the first time I ever recorded an acoustic instrument on like a record. Really, right here, so, this one. I think so. Cool. I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, I don't think I ever recorded anything huh. uh, acoustic. Yeah. Like, for like a pressed record, or, you know, right? Something right. that actually was released. That's cool. So the um the Bog Lama int- uh, like interludes, you know, they're it's like I have all these little pieces in between each song, like I was saying. And then the very last track, which is all Bog Lama, um, it has a lot of those elements, but in and then they all come together in that last track. So you'll hear, like, it's not something that maybe everyone would notice right away, but, like, each, like, interlude is a part of, like, what I, what I made for that last track called 100 Tiny Spiders. Oh, okay. And so that's basically about, like, five five or six tracks like multi you know it's like overdubbed yeah like various sort of bog lava interludes yeah like together in like a three minute song cool so yeah sorry so yeah. it's sort of like each track has that interlude leading up to this last one that kind of combines all of those yeah. pieces together in a way it's the culmination of, the, of yeah. the record like that huh yeah I just cool. wanted to do something I mean it's not that it had like a theme but it was just like a fun thing that other done on records where you have like yeah. some little like element that ties it all together at, right. one, at another point you know it's very thematic yeah it has like some yeah and, right. yeah exactly yeah man I, I can understand that I mean and it works really well so oh thank you and like I said it's just it's it's just a different kind of branching out for you which I think is great you know because oh, I know you. that you I know that you're like a, a very great musician and I know that you're uh, very um Thanks. Eclectic, <laughs> you know, like you have a very extensive background in music as far as like what you listen to, what you're influenced by. So it should it only makes sense that when you're making music, it should be like that, right? It should have all these different aspects in them. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. so that's good. So I mean, this is probably one of the first records I've heard you do that is like that, where it's just like it has a different feel per song almost. Like, I mean, thinking about like the Arabon Radar catalog, I'm just like, okay, it, it, it's. It's great. Like I love all of that stuff, but it's it kind of is all in the same realm. Yeah. You know, you got the two dueling guitars, which are both like, uh, well, you got the the Travis Beam, and then the you you play the SG, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, 
don't remember what your setup's like, but you play through like what ten tweeters or something like that. What is that big horn you have? Yeah, yeah, it's like a tweeter. It's a tweeter array, okay. like a PV tweeter array. So it was like part of a, uh, a PA system at one time. Yeah, and yeah, it has like um, twelve tweeters in there. Yeah, and okay. It's like this, you know. Uh, that's one cabinet. Yeah, which is right. you know, I have it like tethered. Through the, um, the through the the amp and with the with the cabinet, so it's like mm. you know adds that treble, yeah. <laughs> extra treble. Now I don't use that on this record. No, um, I wouldn't because this is actually all played on a twin, uh, Fender twin. Yeah. Uh, reverb. Well, like a single twelve or ten inch. No, it's though? a two twelve. Two twelve. It's okay. a it's like a silver a silver faced twin. Oh okay. Um, which is like a mid 70s amp all right um because they had like their black face silver face right right you know and yeah. the silver face is where they started to get into like the 70s a little okay. more but cool. yeah it's an amp i've had a long time i like it yeah um it does the job real well i mean no thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny in doomsday student like i always play paul's amp which is like he has this amazing JMP Marshall head, mm-hmm. and then he was using my twin for a while. So we were like using each other's amps, really? <laughs> but it worked for our sounds. Yeah, because um, like you know he's got the Travis Bean and he's got the aluminum neck stuff, and somehow like I don't know for his sound it was working right. really well. And then I was using his JMP, and it's just yeah. I remember fun. overhearing him talk about. Talking amps. Yeah, he's like a great Darryl person to talk amps about. Yeah, if you want to go crazy. I mean, uh, yes, he will go in <laughs> Paul style. He'll go into details be it far yeah. beyond anyone, yeah, I'm anyone just like, else knows. It turns on, right? It plays the sound. Okay, that's great. I'll do that. But no, he's, he, yeah, he's very he's, crazy yeah, about the he's, tone and all that re- stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's like on next level with tone in terms of like, yeah always trying to hone in on it you know yeah, find his thing yeah. and, and like like he's he's he, he thinks about that he's just like i'm yep. looking for this sound yep. i want i want to like capture this essence yeah like how do i'm gonna how am i gonna do that like which Absolutely. amp should i get and he's like usually already down to like two you know oh, yeah. like like narrowed it down you know to like i think it's either this one or this one like which one do you think we're gonna get that one better yeah <laughs> you know and i'm like I don't know how to answer that. You know, Daryl has a better sense of that <laughs> stuff too. He's just like, oh yeah, I think you might be better off with this for whatever reason. And like, you know, cause uh, it's Paul, got this I'm, and this. Yeah. And like, I've learned a lot from him about this stuff because he knows so much is like things that I wasn't even, you know, as much as I've been doing this, like he's, yeah. you know, it's great. Cause he like really, yeah, he, he's a great resource. He, he's just a, a, just a well of knowledge. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's awesome. <laughs> nice to see that him uh him get involved with your band oh that was i mean he's been he's fantastic you know he's an amazing musician yeah and the nicest guy you know and uh so he like you know and he's paul he's there's no one like him (laughs) (laughs) so uh what what track do you want to get into next am i I just flipped the record to the second side so I think that an again, I think another uh good one that's again it's not as it's not a long one. Um I would say that, you know, with uh 
invertebrate walls. And um, I think maybe the next one I was thinking would be that incident with the wasp's nest. Okay. Um, it's another one that's like more straightforward. Yeah. You know, um, whereas like, you know, some of the other ones, they get more into the sort of um, the real sort of like web layers, sounds that I've been usually doing in the past mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Um, but I think it's a it's another good sort of like like sampler track to you know another good track to listen to I think yeah all right um, I mean if you want to dabble with parts of the other ones we could do that too but yeah. like uh, all right you know I'm happy to do these this sure. one as well so well let's play the first track off the second side you got it that's called uh, that incident with the wasp's nest. <laughs> a little tough with the left hand man oh yeah i can yeah. help you on this thing all right yeah. <laughs> i shouldn't be just sitting here watching you struggle no, man this. that's all right that's all right you're my guest <laughs> let me do all the struggling you know you just lay back <laughs> just, gonna, just gonna chill out over here yeah, i'm just man. gonna fall asleep Yeah, it was fun to work with drums. I mean, you know, this is just like, you know, just drum machine beats yeah. that are on like the loop pedal. Oh, on um, the loop pedal? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's literally just like a couple of like thuds of something, like a kick drum or a snare or something. Yeah, 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 totally. That's awesome. But it's uh, really, um, but it was fun to have that, you know, to, to sort of like work with. Um, like we were talking about, like I hadn't, done that I mean obviously done that with the bands with Craig and stuff like that but right. it happened like with Chrome Jackson yeah it was fun to like incorporate drum stuff into it yeah yeah and uh, finally I mean because like from your first record this is the time that you're actually finally doing that yes exactly it's cool man yeah yeah there was definitely like as soon as I put this on I was just like oh yeah this is like this is like a world away from Chrome Forest. Oh, nice! Yeah. So, so <laughs> anyone that likes the first record, I would say they should definitely pick this up. You know, well, because thank you. You know, because hey, you're, you're growing and you're developing. Like, That's it. Like yeah. most people do. That's and it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This you're is a, a new chapter. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun part about it. You know, that's the fun part of making music and continuing to do it is to constantly evolve. It's like what makes it yeah. fun. To me, uh, instead of always doing the same thing, I thoroughly enjoyed the idea of like challenging right. things with you know with music. Like, yeah. It's like one place that I feel like I feel the most free in terms of like challenging really? myself and like going outside of the you know the comfort zone. It's yeah, like, well, because you like I was saying, you have that extensive like influence like a, of a musical background, you know. So, I mean, you listen to everything mm-hmm. from, like, folk music. I think I saw on your Instagram the other day you were listening to some Neil Young. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, Which, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's great, but he doesn't do... Well, no, I guess he kind of gets, like, kind of freaky. He has some, like, yeah. really kind of, like, cutting-edge yeah, I stuff. Mean, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, in some ways, I, I love what Neil Young's all about because he he perfectly sort of, like... Right. You know, he's got the like, 
Right. You know, that like just I mean Yeah, he he, he, he can get out there. He can he'll 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 push the limit on yeah. on his instrument and the band as well, being yeah. like and I don't I don't even know that record, but I know that he's got a really controversial one. What is it called? Like uh Trans Am or something? Oh, Trans Am is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, like eighties like 80s, synth. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it's like a big fuck you to like the whole record label thing with that he was going through, I guess, right? Like, so yeah. he was just like embraced the '80s synth world and was just like, no, fuck you, I want to try this. Like, I'm gonna write this I, music. I, and I feel like Neil Young is such a great inspiration in my opinion because he really has just done what he's wanted to do, and for the most part, he's like succeeded. Some of his, some of the ones he's records he's done have been a little weird, but yeah. I feel like all through, for the most part, like right. He's such a like inspiration. Like he's put out really great music for so long and continues yeah. to sort of do cool shit. And like Trans Am was, it's such an interesting take on like a synthy thing because it still feels like Neil Young, but also like it's like <laughs> you know, Neil like Young spaceship, with yeah. like fucking Neil Young, you know, like and you know I think I mean, before that record he like toured with Devo too. Like he did a tour with did Devo he? and like. Uh, yeah, oh. like in the seven, like I'm trying to think of what record it was. I mean, it, was, it may have been like '79, but he like, which is amazing to think of like him yeah. touring with Devo. I did see that video. Uh, I think Matt Trapp like posted a video about of Neil Young with Devo, like in a studio doing. Uh, I think it was "Keep on Rocking in the Free World." I think. Oh wow! Great. I can't remember. It was one of his classic songs. I think it was that song. Oh yeah! Fucking wild. Those that guys is. were freaking out, and it was just like Neil Young with Devo. Yeah, Devo's the backing band, and they're doing their thing the way they do it, and he's just doing the way he does it, and they're just working off each other. I mean, just the fact that him and Devo like were like in the same room and like knew each other and did shit—that is like so cool to me. Yeah, just this idea that like the like he was even interested in them. Like, it's always cool when you find out like certain artists are like into cool like you like what they do but you're not sure that maybe they like um i don't know how to explain it but like uh you know it's always like cool when you find out certain people like certain music that you wouldn't think they liked right right. you know the fact that neil young was like a fan of devo it's like just really cool yeah yeah. it's like finding out bruce springsteen was like into suicide you know know? like it was actually like was he in suicide yeah. Oh, well, he wasn't awesome. in Suicide. No, no, he, he liked into, it. He liked oh, that yeah. band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. In well, fact, you know, uh, I, we shouldn't be surprised. I know, right? You know, we yeah, shouldn't be because we're musicians and we're like, well, I like a bunch of different music. Why shouldn't Why yeah. shouldn't they? Just because, you know, Bruce Springsteen writes like a bunch of like folk songs for the most part and like kind of pop rock music now. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I'm sure he's got this, like, I think I touched on it with Dan the other time. It's just like the, the music that gives you the feels. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it's just like sometimes some music just gives you a certain feel and sometimes yeah. you want to get in that vibe, you know? Yep. That's exactly it because I feel like it's just, it doesn't matter what you're playing as long as it, yeah, because Dan's a great example. I just feel like he's like, you know, it's all, it's like, it's all about just making music and feeling music. Like it doesn't matter if it's like noisy or if it's folky, as long as it grabs you, right? you know? Yeah. Like what? I, like that's why yeah. we all love Hank Williams and all these other people that have like transcended every. Everyone likes Hank Williams from you right. know he's just good you know right. It's just like you're there's just things that are good 
<laughs> yeah, a master and at like, their craft is just a master at their craft. It's just you, it's, you can't not admire it. Right. You know exactly. So and yeah. that's really that's why it's cool to know that. And you like you said, you shouldn't be surprised when you find out certain people like. You right. know, it's always funny too because like Thurston Moore, you know, he's been on so many like documentaries for like various people, everything from like noise music to like folk and so you know he's a guy you can tell he's a music yeah. fan he's, right it's like the same kind of thing he likes everything from the carpenters to you know fucking uh teenage jesus and the jerks and shit like that yeah you know, it's like so he's just a music fan yeah and it's like right. a good music fan you know we good. can all say oh i like good. music but it's like good music it all it's all in the eye of the beholder you know because it is and I, yeah it's like yeah, but he's just eclectic. Just that he's he's yeah. willing to open himself up to to a whole world of different types of music, which yeah. is kind of where we are. Like, absolutely. I mean, there's some stuff I don't like. I'm sure that maybe you do, but right. That one. You know, it's just it's just how how it grabs you. That's a really good point too, because I feel like there was like a point. I don't know if I don't know if it was in your life, but there was a time where I feel like you might have felt a little judgy about someone liking something, as if any of us were so like beyond ever liking something yeah. that wasn't cool or whatever. But then I always think to myself, like if someone likes something and it makes them happy, like who gives a shit? Like my, my wife is the perfect example. <laughs> I married a woman whose, whose Beatles to her is Fleetwood Mac. Oh, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where we might have to differ. Like, I don't I like them. Well, I've learned, <laughs> I, I've learned to appreciate it a lot. Yeah, a lot yeah. more than I ever did. Oh, sure. Because right, if that shit came on, if that shit came on in the past, I'd just be like, nope, just shut it off. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not opening my mind to Fleetwood Mac. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, but because of her influence, because of her her love for them and her, you know, uh, you know, I have I've I've listened to it more and I've kind of learned to appreciate it more, and I can now tolerate it. I'm still not a massive fan. I'm still not huge on it, but yeah, like it's just one of those things, you know, you just just can't, you can't argue with it. It's just some things, you know, reach you, some things don't. And you know, you don't want to deny someone that if they love something like I, to me, it's all about like, like I can't think like when I think about people who don't have any sort of interest in anything, like, oh, I don't like music or I don't like art or I don't like, how could you be alive? Like, cause they like, like sports. Or right. like, or it's like ah, it's something. on the radio. I'll listen to it. Like, yeah, instead yeah. of like, I hate that. It's like just have a. Even if you love like terrible music, but you really like somehow, I would like give you something if you actually like could really break down for me. Like I love new country, and I just I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah. I'll be I'd be more appreciative of that than just like just saying that you just like don't like music or you hate this for no reason or whatever. It's like, I love when people can like sort of tell you why they're really passionate about something. It's like, well, some people just don't have it. Some people don't have that understanding of what passion is, you know, like they're, they're, they're stuck in these, uh, these ideas, ideologies of like, well, it, it, I listen to what's on the radio because it's easy. It's there. And there's so much of it on the radio, but it's actually all in repeat. Yeah. It's all the same fucking 20 songs it over the course the of the same. year. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the difference between us and them is that we go out and look for stuff. Because yes. Yeah. We go down Because the DJs aren't holes. doing it. <laughs> no, not anymore. They used no, to. No, right. They used to do but, that. Uh, you know, now you go down that rabbit hole of just like, hey, I like I like this band. I like what they're doing. I like yep. those artists. Yeah. 
and now I listen to their interviews saying like, oh, hey, you know, when we got started, we were listening to like B.B. Yep. King and, and, you know, all these other blues players from back in the day, you know, um, Screaming Jay Hawkins and mm-hmm. shit like that. And you're like, Screaming Jay Hawkins, shit, I got to go, I gotta go right. find out about that. And then you exactly. go look into that and you find out who those guys were influenced by or how they got started playing music, which that, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the line as far <laughs> as rock music is concerned. But yeah. Um, but you know, it's just like that whole thing. I remember like hearing Led Zeppelin and like hearing yep. those guys and they were like, Oh, we listen to all the blues music man. we go listen to those guys from America. And that's where it was at, you know? And absolutely. That's how that, you learn. That's that, how you learn. That's to me, like is the most fun thing about music was doing that research, you know? Cause it is research. It's like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> research, man. Research. Get into it. Exactly. It's like knowing that, like wanting to sort of find out, you know, like, oh, the cover of like, you know, oh, Hendrix did All Along Watchtower. Oh, shit, that's a Bob Dylan song. Right. I want to hear the original or whatever. It's like, right. you know, I loved I loved doing that. I loved like yeah. sort of taking the steps back and sort of finding out. Right. And like it's it's like the, it's so fun. And it's so much easier these days, you know, because now we yes. all have the Internet and we have YouTube and we have all the streaming services. You got to use Spotify and your fucking Pandora or whatever. Yep. And you can find shit so easily, you know, Oh yeah. just to listen to it. Like, you know, granted, buying a record or finding, you know, finding something yep. is a little bit more trickier just because you have to, you know, God knows where you can search. You can search your local record store. You can search online like I do. You can yeah, get whatever. You could fucking look at Amazon. I don't care what, yep. what you do, but you can yep. buy whatever you want or just download it directly. And it's just so, so accessible. Exactly. It's Everything. funny because it's like, it's such a catch to too, because I loved and I love, I may mean, still do go to record stores, obviously, and searching through. But, um, you know, I actually remember you talking to Dan on the, the last episode about this, about how you'd have to like, you know, really like try to find something. Yeah. Or I think you guys were talking about that, unless this is a conversation. I was well, we, we were doing, you know, we but talked about like crate digging, like crate back digging. in the day. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it, it's like funny because that was such like, that was like a quest, like at a record store, like trying to find these certain records. Like I gotta find that Chrome record. I gotta oh. find, and it would be like you couldn't get it. Like oh, oh, some guy got it up in the store in Boston, but it's like, it's a catchy too because it was something fun about the the the, the chase. Yeah. But at the same time, now it's like. It's not hard to that. find those. Oh, you can right. find those records now. Yeah. But now <laughs> you're going like, to pay through the nose for it. Yeah. Right? Well, exactly. There's so much more expensive. They're so harder it's to crazy. find. You know, it's so much harder to find now that so ex- you can yeah. find it, but it's just going to be like a, you know, big price tag these days. It's crazy. It's like you can't, like, it's amazing now, like, to buy a, a record. It's like it, you're not going to get one under for like $120. And, yeah. I, and I've been guilty. I've, I've spent money on new records like that, you know. Yeah. As well as finding used things. But sometimes I'm like, shit, they just repressed this record. I'm going to buy it because they put it out on like 180 gram vinyl or something. Yeah. I want it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Would you consider yourself an audiophile, Steve? I, I think I am. I think you, I am. You, you really <laughs> appreciate the good quality sound well, from, from a recording? Oh, well, I, I guess when you were saying audiophile, I thought you meant just more as someone who's obsessed with like, you know, just buying music or into music. I don't know if I'm, I don't. No, I actually don't think that I am that level. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be perfect every time. No. Doesn't have to be on vinyl. Doesn't have to be 180 uh, gram. No, but I will say that I do love the idea of like f- getting 
a record that was recorded analog and wanting it to be the analog version that I listened to as opposed to a CD. But okay. I've never been a total purist in that way, but I am very into vinyl. So yeah. without a doubt, like just because of growing up with it. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I was someone who was obsessed with finding like, you know, the, like, I, I just haven't done enough research to be like, oh, which copy? I love that you're like finding first pressings and all that stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, I've just been really um, lucky, dude, because yes. it's hard to come across these, you know, and sometimes I just go on my gut with like, oh, I know that record. I know it's awesome. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up just because I know what it is and who it is, you know, and I know that there is uh, definitely a desirability to it. Yeah. But uh, and then then I get it home. You know, I finally get it for from wherever. And, uh, you know, and I start researching it and I start finding out more about the record itself. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is like a first pressing from the U.S. or from the U.K. or from whatever, you know, because like because that's the other weird thing is like all these variants. Oh, yeah. Records. Oh, God. Because especially, you know, mass massive uh, artists and bands like this, like this is John Lennon's uh, Plastic Ono Band first pressing in the U.S., this is pressed all this over the world. This is a first pressing, huh? This is first so I'm actually pressing. not sure because I have this record and I have an older copy, but I don't know if it's a first pressing or not. I actually need to look because I, I'm not sure if it's a first pressing. When I bought it, I don't remember where I got it from, but I, I didn't spend like an arm and a leg on it though. Yeah. But it does have the insert with the lyrics. Yep. Um, but I don't know if it's a first pressing or not. And so now I'm going to have to look. So what label was it pressed on for originally? What's the label? Well, this is uh this is Apple. Oh, it is Apple. Yeah. This so, is an Apple and it's a first yeah. pressing from Apple. Yeah. Now um so I'm going to have to see if I if my copy is a first pressing. <laughs> you got me wondering now. <laughs> Cuz I wasn't know. like looking at so speaking of audio files, it's not like I was looking for that. Right. You know, when I'd buy a record, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's the Plastic Ono Band record. I have to get, I want to get that. I've been wanting that. Right. But I wasn't like, oh, that's the first pressing. I just. Um, and as I've said to you before, speaking of this record, you know that there's the Yoko Ono. The version. version. Yeah, her version. And so like on the back, it's got her as a little kid. Yeah, her baby picture. Yeah. And uh, that record is like I was telling you, it's kind of. I think other people would agree with this. It's almost like the first no wave album. I mean, it is like noisy and weird and like it's extreme, you know, with Yoko's voice and like the stuff that she does. And then John Lennon's guitar is like really like scratchy and like, I mean, again, well, again, and when we're going to talk about this record, like John Lennon's guitar sound on this record is amazing. Oh my God. I don't, I'm like, that's all right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little delicate, but it's fine. Yep. You know how to handle one. Oh yeah, I always touch it from the outsides. This is beautiful. Yeah, this is very nice. It's got one streak along oh, yeah. the second side, but it's just yep. It's superficial. It's not a scratch. It's just yeah, like, I see that. Yep, totally. Yeah, it's like one of those light scratch. It's like a yeah, you know. I and I'm sure that like some of these things happen from literally taking it out of the sleeve too, right. or like off the. Um, but yeah, this is really nice. Yeah. You know, sometimes these, it's cause these paper sleeves, they get some dirt in them sometimes and just like yep. pulling it out. Just oh like, yeah. It's like scratch. You on, just hear like, it. Yeah, you know? definitely. So it's a pain. It's a pain with the vinyl. I mean, that's, that's the downside of vinyl really. Yep. Is this, that, the, the, the frailty 
yep. of it. You know, and that's that's a problem. I mean, CDs too, because it's you beautiful. know, as soon as you scratch the bottom of a CD, fuck it, it's it's oh yeah, virtually useless. But um, well, it's just hilarious how like back in the day they were like. CDs are going to replace vinyl is because they don't scratch and all this stuff. It was such a lie. They lied to people. I just don't think they knew any better. You know, they they didn't know. Because they were figuring it's just so much easier to handle. You know, it's Uh just like it's so much smaller. It fits right in your hand. Like you can just... You just drop this in the tray and you just push the button and it's all done. You know, like with this... Yeah. (laughs) With this, you actually have to worry about a needle being on it. And, you know, you can scratch the needle. You can, like, you know, the stylus can be pushed, and then all of a sudden you got to yep. fucking scratch right through it. And most people, like you said, it's like with... And that's the thing about finding, like, original copies and stuff. People just... They held... The, they... I mean, they played them. You know, they grabbed them. They didn't, right. like, like hold them by the... It's like people were, like, just picking them up like this. Yeah, they didn't like, really think about it back yeah. then. No, they weren't. Now, the, now like, we're, you know, we consider a bit a little bit better because we're like, oh shit, I paid top dollar for this fucking thing. I'm going to make I sure know. this thing lasts. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want it to warp. I don't yeah. want it to scratch, you know, you just, so you're more careful with it. But like, I wouldn't let my kids touch this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like I want them to listen to records. I want them to be mm-hmm. interested in music, but I'm like, don't touch the records. I know. It's almost just like you <laughs> may have to wait a couple of years before they finally appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm starting them that? off slow. I'm starting them off on some CDs. Like I finally got them mm-hmm. turned on to a little bit of punk music, you know? Awesome. Because for the longest time, I mean, they're like 10 and 8 now. And like all these years up until like this year, basically, it was just like, I don't like, I don't like music. I don't like music. But I'm now like, they're at that age, which is where, I don't know about you, but eight years old, that's when I started getting into music. Yeah. I mean, that's when I started hearing like, you know, Kiss, I think, was like my first obsession. I was like eight yeah. years old. But it's like you yeah. start to get, then you start to like, start to like want to listen right. or whatever. Well, that's why I'm showing my son like the like the, the jackets and the sleeves and stuff. Like, yeah. not of the records, but like the CDs I'll get sometimes. I'm just like, uh, like he just found Descendants, Everything Sucks recently. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they love Everything Sucks because when they're mad at mom and dad, they're like, Everything Sucks. I love that song. <laughs> And I'm like, awesome. good man, fucking listen to it. It's great. Yeah. I, have, I like that you like it. Yeah. Please listen to it. It's awesome. You know, like when you're mad at me, go ahead and listen to some <laughs> punk rock music. I don't mind that at all. That's gonna feel good, you know, because you're like, it does. I was just like, he fucking hates me, and he listens to punk music. But then it, yeah, <laughs> you're like, that's fine, buddy. I was doing the same thing, <laughs> and I was pissed at my parents. Yeah. I'm gonna go listen to punk. Rock I, I wasn't so lucky when I was a kid. Um, we I had a very little music to listen to, really. Um, like. Basically, my dad had some some tapes that were like around the house, and he wasn't he wasn't big into music. Uh huh. Yeah. He wasn't like uh, the type that was like always playing something and like always going out and buy something. But uh, but what he had was like very very influential. Like he had the Clash, um, uh, Combat Rock. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I remember a ca- cassette of um, uh, Super Tramps Breakfast in America. Oh wow. Uh-huh. I remember. <laughs> I remember some Led Zeppelin being in the house, mm-hmm. you know, so I was just like, so I was hearing some of it. I remember some Aerosmith, but yep. uh, he was a classic rock guy. He actually yeah. really loved Pink Floyd and Roger Waters. So oh, yeah. there was some of that in the house. So I was like, yeah, awesome. Okay. You know, and then, then I had older brothers. So, uh, I think it was my oldest brother that really got me turned on to a lot of other stuff too, you know, for better or for worse. Um, basically <laughs> throughout high school, he was all Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix and that was basically it. Oh yeah! So, oh re- yeah. yeah! Just those two. That was it. Was he was just like, 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 well, what about the Beatles? He was just like, fuck the Beatles. Bob Dylan's fucking god or whatever, you know? <laughs> like, okay. 
Then it's like I couldn't stand Bob Dylan when I was young. I couldn't oh. stand that that voice of his. You oh, know? okay, yeah, yeah. I, I love him now, but yeah. like when I was a kid, I was just like, "Why do you fucking listen to that? I uh-huh. can't stand it." It's funny how you can come around to certain things. You know what I mean? And not only do you come around, but you end up like loving certain things oh, that yeah. you were initially like very put off uh, by. It's amazing how that he. I don't know where. It's like. I don't know. It's just funny to know when that switch flips. Right. When there's something that annoyed you for a while and then all of a sudden became yeah. like your favorite thing. It's like, it's, yeah. it's amazing. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Just part of growing up, man. I, I don't I can't yeah. explain it. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just, it our, is. Our yeah. Tastes there you change go. as we get older, you know? Absolutely. All right. So let's, so, uh, let's yeah. put on this record. This yeah. is, um, John Lennon's plastic Ono band. First U.S. pressing on Apple records, which, uh, I know you know this record and yeah. it just sounds awesome. I love this record. I was going to say, like, I, this record, I mean, it's crazy. It's like Phil Spector. Oh, get know, ready to fucking cry. I'm just going to fucking ball yeah. my eyes out with this song. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, absolutely. This record, I mean, it's, I think it's an incredible, like, rec- I, I think the recording is amazing. The yeah. way everything sounds on this record, the way the guitars sound, the drums, like everything. It's like this, like almost like close mic punchy sound which yeah. is also different than Phil Spector's sound it was so interesting to see yeah. that this was like the sound like a different sound from what he's known for with the wall of sound right yeah it's it's still got massive presence oh yeah like in the in the percussion and the drums yeah like just like that, that oh it's pausing. yeah you can just kind of slowly kind of hear everything and John's voice just yep. gripping. Oh, his voice is, is amazing. I mean, these songs, these songs are, are beautiful. And then at the same time, so like a Neil Young, then he has, well, I mean, I feel like I'm jumping ahead, but like then he's like a couple rippers on this record too. And oh, yeah. so at the same time, it's like, and they're like balls out too. It's not just like, it's just again, he knows how to have the emotion yeah. and also how to like, tear it up it's 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 all emotion it's, it's all emotion well, yeah it's just That's different amazing. spectrums of it like yep. this one is called mother it's about his mother yeah. who if no one knows the story of his life it was just like his mother fucking left him with his grandmother or his aunt oh right his aunt when he was a very young child it's like can you imagine and then his dad wasn't around i don't know yeah. i don't know the yeah. story about his dad I'm but, not sure of the story either with his dad. But according to this song, his dad just wasn't in the picture. He, like, he just left home and never came back. Like, I guess he left his mom somewhere close to when, closer to when he was born. So he never knew his dad. And then he knew his mom for a few years, and then she was just like off. I mean, and then to be singing this song and the way he sings it, it's John Lennon singing about this. You're like, ugh. Yeah. I hear this like, song, dude, and it's like... It's, it's chilling. It. Chilling. I mean, he, uh, and then when he goes into his screams at the end, it's just like screaming. Yeah, it's intense. intense. It's and, guy, it's, and it's really, yeah. I, I, I've heard the CD version of this, and I don't know if there's like versions of the LP, but I don't know if you've heard this, but like on this song, and a couple of those songs at the very end it kind of repeats the 
Mama Don't Go thing, but it's like a different tempo. It's really weird. I'm gonna have to play that for you. Or if you listen to Spotify, they might have the two versions. Hmm. But it's like this, like it kind of doubles, and at the end, it does like this, like slower, lower version of of just that last, like. Oh yeah. Like this wasn't a live version. Verse. This was just uh, a no. It's on the. It's on like some. It was on like some the reissue classical remaster. reissue, but the CD version. And you'll. I'll have to play it for you, but it's interesting because it just does that "Mama Don't Go" thing, right. but like at a different tempo, and his voice is a little lower. Hmm. It's weird. Weird. I'm not sure what the history behind that was, like what that came from, why they chose to put that back in, or yeah, they, yeah. I had a CD copy of this too. Oh, and I, I don't know if I know. Maybe what that maybe was. the version that's in. Um, just like the streaming versions have it now. Maybe, because that's like the free version. That's like the one that yeah. you know, they're not monetizing. Yeah, right. Oh, it's, yeah. it's probably like some reissue of something. You know, oh, like, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Could be. Yeah. I'd like to know. I haven't looked online like what the story is behind that. Like why it has those weird skip things at the end. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look into that too. But this record, when I first... So... For me, the history with this is, I remember hearing one of those KTEL, I don't know if it was Freedom Rock, but it was one of those on the radio, on the TV, and Working Class Hero was one of the songs, and I remember like hearing it being like, that song sounds awesome. Of course, I hadn't heard the whole song yet. Yeah. But then when I heard it, I was like, he swears in this. I've never heard John Lennon swear on a record. It was like awesome. It was like the coolest thing to me. Yeah. That he's like... Saying fuck on a record. I don't know why I thought it was so awesome. Yeah. You know, he never done, he never did that on any. Well, how old do you think you were when that when you heard that? Well, I mean, I didn't hear the full version of the song until, and that's a weird thing to say, but like I remember hearing just a snippet of it being like, oh, that's a commercial cool song. Yeah. But then I didn't hear it for years later. I know it's weird. It's like I didn't like hear the whole song. Right. But I liked how it sounded to me, which is kind of a weird. Rip off of um, what is that? Uh, Dylan song, uh, "Masters of War." It's, oh, okay. it, it kind of is. If you actually listen to, yeah, I should say I shouldn't say a rip off, but he, he, it's very he, similar. He, he grabs from it, yeah, in the way that 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 big A minor chord kind of comes out like uh, this song too. That guitar sound, yeah. it's, it's just so nice, right? Such good tone that they. Uh, it's just like, like tape a, echo or something. Or yeah, something. he used tape echo on everything. Totally. That's what Daryl told me. It was like, like I on his voice too. Yeah. Probably. I mean, that's that Lennon vo- vocal yeah. sound. Like he put a tape echo through everything, even the drums. Like you can hear it on everything. He was just like, uh, Daryl was the one that told me he was just like, because I got a tape echo pedal. Oh yeah. He was just like, oh try try through that. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, John fucking Lennon uses that on everything. <laughs> Awesome. It's like he sings through that thing, fucking puts his guitar through that, the drums, everything. It's great. It's awesome. So good. And that, it, a lot, again, it's just like totally just nerding out with the recording, but the, the guitar just jumps out on this record. And I just, I've always been like, I want to capture that on a record, that sound. The way it's just like, you can just like hear him, like his pick hitting the strings. It's like, sounds so cool. 
cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> don't know why that's. Either. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I don't <laughs> it's so out of nowhere. It is. It's just like you listen to it all of a sudden, like cocaine. Like, Who the fuck was that? <laughs> Maybe he was like expecting that. He's just like some fucking guys would be smoking pot, listening to this record. Yeah, I'm just gonna get him. <laughs> uh, he's gonna be, you know, just chilling out with this song, and all of a sudden, be like, okay. <laughs> what was that? I feel like this record was such a statement too, because I think this was the first record after, I mean, the Beatles, right? I mean, and he like, I'm, I would, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure because. And he just like it was kind of like yeah I can do this on my own. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And again, this that guitar sounded so nasty. So blown out. It's so blown out. I love it. Like I almost have to think like are my speakers blown? Right. It's so yeah. ripping. And you know, I mean of course he did that on like Revolution and stuff too. Yeah. But he, he had such a cool sound. Yeah. He was great. So I actually talked about John Lennon a little bit on my first episode because uh, I was listening to. Uh, Paul McCartney's Ram. Oh, because Ram, yeah. So Paul McCartney's Ram was the first official release after the breakup of the Beatles. And you can oh, hear, okay. like, I guess yeah. I read into some of, like, the, the history about the record and uh, how there's a lot of, like, innuendos in that record. And the same, with, same here with right. John's oh. disdain for the Beatles and the whole Beatlemania and everything. Mm-hmm. And Paul had the same thing. And he was, Paul and John are just, like, at it. Oh, with they each were like, other. it was like, they were like, it was like their early like like hip hop sort of dissing each other yeah, on a record feud, between right? those two guys like yeah. dissing each other on records. Right. <laughs> it's like so uh, so even even the artwork I guess on on Paul McCartney's Ram I don't know if you remember it or look or right yeah there's like Beatles like fucking on it. Oh no, I haven't seen so that. So there's a picture of like two Beatles and one's mounting the other one. So like there's there's speculation that that's kind of like a, a little jab at. Wow. Paul's like, you know, feeling about the Beatles and how he got fucked out of that. Even though we all know he's a fake, it's Paul. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. It's funny. I'm sure that people would probably. This is a, an interesting, like, growing up now, like, growing older and, like, seeing things a little differently. John Lynn is still my favorite, yeah. obviously, to me. Like, you know, I, I still put him in, like, Harrison. But it's like. People for a long time were not giving McCartney the, the credit that he deserved. Yeah. Because I can see that. he's, I mean, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's actually like one of those things where you always wanted to hate Paul McCartney, but he had so much to do with that band. Right. Like, and in some cases, like, was almost more legit and kind of badass. But he's not seen as that. Like, Lennon's looked at as, like, the badass. Well, certain because Jet Lennon was the, the bad boy of the group. Yeah. Because he he was very, almost a split explicit in his just kind of, like, fuck you attitude for yeah. everything. For yep. the record industry and for his fame and for all that stuff. And Paul is just very lighthearted and yeah. easygoing and enjoying all of it. You know, which, which you should if you're a celebrity, yeah. right? Like, just, hey, these people love me. I'm, I love them too because that's amazing. Yeah. You know, to be able to walk out anywhere and people know who you are and they just want to, to touch you and just to say hi and talk to you. Yeah. And, and granted, that can be overwhelming. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's just humbling. You know, it should be humbling to anybody. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I think I, I mentioned that too because. 
John was my guy too. Yeah. I love John, and yeah. I love this record, and I love his other records. Yeah. But Paul just Paul was a great songwriter, and I mean, still is a song, great songwriter. Yeah. But his music is like more kind of endearing and fun. It's very lighthearted. Yeah. Yep. Like just his ability to write songs, like you know Maxwell Silver Hammer. Yeah. Like it's just like the and, and John's even said it in interviews where he's just like Paul's like amazing because he just can create these stories out of nowhere. Yeah. That I have no idea where it comes from. It's just like John's very introverted. John's very much like puts yep. it out on the page and is it, it just puts his heart on his sleeve. You yep. know, like these are songs about his life. Right, you know, he's exercising demons. Yeah, absolutely, it's like knowing his story, and then you realize what he was doing. You know, right. you see, but and that's what I guess that's part of what made them so amazing is those that sort of that dichotomy of those two, yeah. those two brilliant sort of minds going. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like McCartney. Even though he was the lighthearted one, you forget that he was like this incredible musician and he also was the one who wrote Helter Skelter so I'll give him that one because he fucking tore it up on that one you know it's yeah. like that's like a song that you would think would have been a, a, a Lennon song and it was yeah that's true it's like he like but Lennon and he's just uh, like oh, he said, he's a bad the working yeah. class hero that like yeah the upstroke on the yep exactly and it's just acoustic, just him and the guitar. I love in this song the way you'll hear it. Like he switches. I don't know if he switches guitars. Right here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he switches guitars or if they just switch mics. Yeah. But I think it's such a cool effect, a cool like trick. That they it did. might not have been per like on purpose. You know, it's just like one of those recording scenarios that, like, you don't necessarily do this, do one song in a day. Yeah. Or necessarily within like, yeah. the same amount of takes. So sometimes you come back to it the next day. Yeah, it may have been an overdub. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I never even noticed that, actually. You never did. I, I noticed it right away, it. and I was like, why did he do that there? Yeah. And, like, but I liked it. I like it. Now it's like becomes this thing that I just hear all the time. Right, right. It's a little bit of a different feel. Yeah. And. It could have been on purpose. I mean, considering yeah, I mean, Phil they were Spector and John Lennon, you know, you know like they're, you'd, have, you'd imagine that they'd have the budget to be like, no, 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 that that's not right. Let's fucking yeah. scrap it. Let's do what he can. Let's do another like whole new take or whatever. Definitely. But uh, but I, yeah, I'm sure they were thinking it out. I mean, this is those guys, you know. There's like no doubt that there was Maybe. like some thought, but I am curious about it. But it still may have been a re. Could have been a fuck like up a that they just like couldn't couldn't let go because they were like that first take that first half was really good I don't yeah. want to redo that exactly so it's like let's just fucking leave it let's just let's keep rolling totally yeah because it still has like a not a raw feel this album but it's got like I mean, it's, it's got it still has elements of something that's a little bit more stripped yeah. down I mean it's definitely stripped down right stripped down but also. Like you were saying, it's stripped down and but also like grand at the same time. Right. This song, especially, I mean, being acoustic. Yeah. I mean, but just uh, him on acoustic. And yeah, who knows? That's what they were thinking. They could have just could have been anything. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, thanks for pointing that out because I never actually heard that before. 
Oh, okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. It just was always like, why do you do that there? Mm. <laughs> it could just be they want us to talk about it. That's right. You know, totally. Because, you know, they're music fans. They know what people are listening to. They know it's like people are going to pick shit apart. You know, they're like, all those critics are going to fucking listen to every little minute of this thing and rip it apart. Absolutely. And analyze it and all this <laughs> stuff. And let's give them something to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then you get to hear John Lennon say fuck a couple times in a song. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so cool, like in that you could say he's just so angry in that song. It's just, mm-hmm. he's just like you said, this whole record is just emotion. It's just yeah. like That's why I like John man. Oh he's just, yeah. He's just brutal, you know, brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Like I I guess, you know, first of all I wanna say that I was joking about the fall thing. The fake Paul. Oh, like I, I just know I know it's a conspiracy. Like it's a conspiracy theory. I just think it's funny, especially because John Lennon touched on it in one of his songs. I was listening to to um, the Imagine record recently, and I can't yeah. remember the name of the record. Can't remember the name of the song. Oh, the like, how do the, how do you sleep? The yeah. one where he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's man. He's yeah, just like they kicking him did not down. like each other. Something was going, or he didn't like Paul. I don't know what what if it was like. Yeah. On both sides. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, yeah. But some of the lyrics are, like, very explicit and, like, kind of basically calling out that that conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. It's very yeah. much is, like, him saying, like, you're you're not even who you fucking say you are. Yeah. And it's like, and you want to, you know, you know, prance pr- around like you're, like you're number one or whatever. I can't remember the exact words of the lyrics, but I remember it's, like, really, yeah, really kicking dirt, like, in his, in his face, just... Oh, okay, John. Yep. You know, you're the one that was assassinated. This sounds fucked up. <laughs> I, I know. I know. But, uh, but yeah, even even Paul, like even Paul McCartney on Ram, actually said a lot of stuff, kind of about the Beatles and about John in his lyrics on that. So you know, some some of us are going to be very divided. We're very it's, divided in this country between Paul and John. I know. It's it's always yeah. There's always gonna be that. Yeah. But I'm definitely warmed up to Paul over the years. I mean, I've always liked Paul. It's not it's not like I've ever didn't like him. But like, it's all the things everyone else says. But I've actually always liked most of his songs. So like to me, he's yeah. still great. But he's just like, it's you know, when feel. you think it, you know, people always are gonna choose their person. And right. for me, it's definitely Lennon first. Yeah. But but Paul wrote great songs. He did, he did, and he has a lengthier career. He, he sure does. He is going strong. Yeah, yeah. That's um, crazy. I, I give him a lot of credit because he had, like, like for someone who seemed like the sort of happy, whatever, he had a really good aesthetic. When they talk about their records and, like, recording, like, he's always been the one that was, like, like wanting things to sound, like, you know, he talked about listening to old blues records and wanting the records to sound like old blues records mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I mean, I know they did a lot of production, but like just the fact that he had thought about that aesthetic and was like yeah. wanting things to sound a little more raw and like I was like, that's interesting coming from Paul, you know? Like mm. <laughs> it's like yeah. for what record was that? Um it may have been the early ones where they were trying to go for like a more raw production and they were like, we want to let make it sound like an old blues record and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not, yeah. Like I, I'm thinking that it was in regards to 
one of their earlier records, but I think it was just like a him talking about recording like styles and stuff oh, like that okay. and sort of finding that sound like which yeah. I always love. I love the old blues recordings, even though it's just the recording technology was the way it was. I think it's like it becomes part of the music, you know, that it's like that. Oh, it looks like like a white apple. It's not, yeah. It's not really green. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really nice copy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was really excited when I found this. But um, I mean, every song on this record is a, is is great. I mean, mm. it's it's a motherfucker. It is a motherfucker. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it's, it's like when you're feeling certain feel like, and you know, and that might be part of it too. Is that people who tend to sort of like um, uh, maybe are drawn more to John. You know, it's like he taps into those people that feel like emotions in a certain way, too. Like, and mm-hmm. I think if you're like, you know, if you're someone who just like really feels things deeply and intensely, like he's going to be your guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that's what I said about Paul is that like I never really liked Paul McCartney's music. Like I was I never considered myself a fan. Um, I never really got into the records. I like, you know, I'd hear obviously the radio songs and stuff like that. And yeah. I always, I always just think like he was hokey, like he was a goofy songwriter uh-huh. and I didn't like that, you know, cause yep. I, I just liked the whole doom and gloom aspect. I like to drink while I listen to music and fucking cry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so John <laughs> can do that for me and that, that felt yeah. good. But, uh, but yeah, Paul's like, you know, but I, but I've learned to respect that as in, as in like. Yeah, he's he's just having such a fucking good time making this music. Yeah. And you can hear it. Yep. So I can respect that now in my elder age, you know, my you know, yeah. as I'm getting older. That I'm just like, it's just a good fucking record because he's just you can hear him just having a good time and it's just like fun music. And he always throws out a couple songs that are really cool every once in a while on records. Like then there's mm-hmm. like these songs that are like, Whoa, like that came out of nowhere. Even with the with the goofy songs, there's like yeah. there's always like a couple songs that just sort of like do something a little different and you're like, yeah. wow, that was good. Right. And I'm trying to think of like an example of one. Well, uh, he had that whole album, uh, two. Paul McCartney's two. Oh, uh-huh. Do you remember, do you know that one? I don't. With Temporary Secretary. Oh. And, uh, it's very, it, it, it's all home recorded. Oh, from, wow. I, I had a pressing of it actually. And, um, I think like the, in the liner notes, it was just all like recorded at home, like all direct to, to eight track stereo. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, but it was very like synth sounding, you know? So like temporary secretary, if you're not familiar with it, it like if you listen to it, you might not yeah. even know it's Paul McCartney. Oh yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just really weird. Like it's just got this like, like, um, almost like craft work type of like, uh, synth to it. Oh like, yeah. Where it's okay. like very technical. I just feel, you just feel like the, the, the matrix. I must dropping have heard some stuff you. from that album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, he's just like all temporary. You know, he's like all fucking really weird and whiny, and <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's a good yeah. record. Um, what's the hit song on that album? It's uh, coming up. Oh, okay. That yeah, yep. that song's yep. on there. Oh, which that's is more on there. Kind okay. of disco-y, yep. like coming up. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the the feel good song. Yep. But uh, uh-huh. but that whole record is, is oh weird. Okay, is kind, of, kind of interesting. So yeah, yeah, if you can listen to that, I'll one. have to go on. Spotify or whatever yeah. and check it out. Yeah, it's on there. I, I'm pretty sure I've listened to it. <laughs> so let's get back into John's. Oh, yes. A little, little gloomy here, huh? Uh, yeah. 
side two starts off with uh, remember. This song is it's it's great. I love the way this song starts because the song it sounds as if he pressed like the record button like in the middle of the song. See how it just like oh it just it gets right into it. Yeah, it goes like right into it. Like so like there's no like leading into it. Just it's where they just had the tape like he just on such a weird time. It's like, yep, it's it like is you, a you very know they started the tape, tape like right at the middle of like a, yep. a riff. I'm not sure like what the that drummer that is like off. Like he's on, he's on the money, but like you can hear that he's kind of just like right off of time with the band. Like the riff should have been like, like yep. half a measure like sooner or something like that. I'm glad you picked up on that because that's something that is like because then you hear it when it comes to the chorus, hear. like you hear how they're like, uh, like they almost fell off. Yep. It's, yeah, it's a really interesting timing. I mean, it's a... It's not 4-4. It's like... I don't even know what that is. It's like a... It almost feels like a... Well, it's a very classic sort of Beatles type of timing. Well, you know, Ringo yeah. Starr is playing drums on this album, so... Yeah. He's got that. So it's like here. Yep. It just sounds like somebody yeah. screwed up. Like someone was just like looking, like where is it? Where yeah. Is it? Oh, it's over here. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just behind. Yeah. It's yeah. like, but it's cool. But it sounds cool. Oh yeah. I like it. It's one of those things that just happens in the studio. Yeah. You just leave it because you're like that. That take was awesome. Yeah. We just. It's okay. It's okay that it feels like it's a little off because it's just. Most people there. aren't gonna notice it. Only yeah. the music nerds are gonna notice right. it. Because <laughs> he was on there. He was. Yep. He knew that was coming. Just so now it's like now it feels normal. It's like okay, yeah, this is where we're we're grooving along again, right? Yep. And then they start that thing again. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it must have just been a tough change. Yeah. We've all gone through this, like writing songs, like there's certain changes that happen. Yeah. Like, oh, how are we gonna get into this? I'm sure that was difficult yeah. for them in the studio. Like, and it's funny because it seems like something that's not gonna be difficult, but then you don't realize that that's well, something. Well, because this that's... verse has a different feel to it. Yes. It's it's like, oh, okay, we got we reached the chorus, we were able to like start gliding, and now we're we're, we're on this plane where we're just like getting back into the groove. Yep. You know, we're all on. We're all on time. We're all and then it's like, and then the brakes come on. Yeah. <laughs> for the for the chorus. Yeah. I think it's probably because it was. This was probably one of those songs that was more or less like on the cuff, like as they hit play or record. Yeah. Where it was just like it wasn't quite finished, but they were like they obviously had tight parts and like solid like grooves in there. And we're just like, okay, let's go for it, you know. And that's and why the tape just picks up just right picks in the middle. Up, yeah. And they didn't know, like, well, where's the chorus gonna come? Yeah. Like, I'm looking for for a you know a vocal cue to like know that the change is coming. And when they got that, they were like, that change was perfect. Like, we gotta leave it now. Yeah. Because this was like a mostly live recording. This is like you know, very little overdubbing. If oh, any. definitely. It wasn't like tracked. You know, if this was tracked, forget it. It would have been. Oh. It was just would have just been a debacle well, if this was tracked. That piano riff is it, it the way it rolls like that. I think it makes it tough. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like, like right. that. It's like a weird. Um, 
bass kind of plays with the piano. Yep. Got that rolling thing that you're talking about too, where it's just like you're just fucking with Ringo. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's all it was. Oh, oh poor Ringo. Maybe in this song. maybe the song's called Remember because he's like fucking remember you change hair. Remember all the fucking changes, Ringo. <laughs> I play one beat anyway. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love this end though. Copyright issue, you know. Yeah, you right. Can't say the, 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 fifth the old folklore, yeah, the whole exactly. Because that was from what the yeah, whole what Guy Fox thing. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Fifth of November. Yeah. Right, because he was that. He was the one that blew a parliament. That's right. Yes. Right. And exactly. The... Maybe they couldn't. You're right. Yeah. That's very likely, right? They couldn't write it down. Probably. That's, that's actually a good point. Oh, it's goddamn copyright bullshit. I know. God damn it. <laughs> Maybe I should mention that now that we're talking about it. Um, so if anyone's watching this on the video, I'm going to edit the video, the, the songs out. If you didn't notice already that you're like, where the fuck are the songs? Because, yeah, because I don't want to get sued because <laughs> um, I don't have any money for that. Um, so if you want to hear the songs... Um, listen to the podcast on the audios on all of the audio platforms the intro iTunes Stitcher SoundCloud and um, my fucking phone died too so now I actually can't even do the close up detail of the record like I would normally do so I'll I'll post that on the video too I'm gonna do it later you know I'll be sitting in front of the computer probably watching this interview and I'm gonna record the close up of the record and I'm gonna impose it on top and then you're gonna see it it's all, all little movie magic that I'm doing. You know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of tricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm get, getting savvy with this thing, you know? That's right. It's That's been a pain in my it. existence for the longest time, but <laughs> getting better. Getting better It's got to be done. It's got to be done. I'm telling you. It's got to be. Like we another heart-wrenching song here. So. Yeah, I love, man. Oof. I love the way he recorded piano. I mean, like you said, like with Daryl talking about tape echo, I know it's not the so the piano it's just piano like the way it's but he always has it's just a sound to his piano mm. at least in his solo stuff mostly like there's something about the way his piano has always been it sounds like John Lennon on the piano it's just yeah. something about the way it's a lot of it has a lot of um, room sound it's probably exactly it I mean he's probably playing a uh, you know grand piano yep. in a big open room yeah you know, this probably a couple suit. mics on it, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. big white suit, big, big white, white suit. room. Yep. <laughs> exactly. it out, ready for him to freak out. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, he's, uh, it's probably exactly that. Because yeah. what, so Phil Spector probably was the one that was responsible for producing the majority of his solo career, right? Like, so there's this record, there's Imagine. Did he do Imagine? Too? I think he did Imagine. Oh, he did, okay. I think. He also did... He also did George Harrison too. He did um, all all things must pass. That amazing, oh, amazing wow. record. Yeah, the one that has you know it's got like what is love and what right. Is, uh, that's like a three record album. Isn't yes, it? amazing record too. Amazing wow. record. I love that album. And that's another one that he did. Crazy motherfucker. It's Phil Phil Spector. Whatever he you want to say about him, he he was a good producer. <laughs> he not- may have been a uh, you know. 
gun-toting, womanizing, misogynistic oh, piece yes. of shit, but yep. he was a genius. <laughs> As we're finding out, there's a lot of them out there, and it's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, it doesn't make it right, but I mean, but it's it looking back that, at, yeah. the, at the work, I mean, he was genius, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they oh, do yeah. say genius, you know, comes insanity, so. Yeah, yeah, there, there was, yeah, something, yeah, there was something there, this song. I fucking love this song. Again, that sound he gets from his guitar. So he's like, this, this one too, the drum sound of this is... Oh, he's just, he's just hitting that well, kick and it's just like... Boom. Well, again, it's that tape echo probably yeah. on the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's, mean, not, that's not a room yeah. reverb. That's, that's, a, that's a tape echo that's just like doubled. It's so... This now, and it's making me think I ripped this off on my track on my new Chrome Jackson. It's a boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. like one song on there. I just realized it's just a kick drum. No, 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 no copyright. Don't no, come no, at us, John. No, don't no, come no, at us, no, Yoko. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, it's it's subliminal. As a yeah. musician writing a song, you know, you yeah. have so much in your mind, and you hear these things like as they're kind of coming yeah. out. I mean, you can't. It just happens by accident. You don't necessarily say like, you know what? I really like well, well, well. I'm gonna try to do like yeah. take some of that from that song. No, it's just, it's just in there. No, it, it, like you said, it's like like years of listening to music. These things are just in there. Right. You, 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 uh, yeah, you just sort of store them as these things that you love in your brain. Right. And you go back and reference. And, yeah, some of it just comes out just without your your. Subconsciously, yep, it just kind of comes out. Absolutely, it it's not. Yes, it's not always a pre-meditate. Like it's it's it, yeah. I mean it's. I mean that's. It's not like relating stairway to heaven. Okay, we're not we're not lifting stairway to heaven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's just funny because you know people are always saying things about people taking certain things from songs and stuff and it's like everybody's been doing that stuff for ages it's sort of like the process of being a creator something that creates yeah. like unless you're like literally being verbatim like everyone's gonna take something they're gonna like it's part of the process right. music art everything writing it's like and it's a shame when it's sort of like oh you know you took like two notes from this song it's like fuck you like let me find. It's like I want to listen and see right. your records and hear where you also took things. Maybe you didn't realize you did it. You know? right. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a really fascinating topic to talk about when people sort of get into like, oh, what did you take from mine? I mean, there's some things that are blatant, but yeah, some things are, are done in direct like uh, homage to someone. Yeah. You know, it's just like no, no, no. Like, I was going for yeah, I was right. His sound. I wanted to kind of like pay respect to him and do something like what he was doing. Yep. You know, not do a cover of it, not right. lift it and call it my own. Right. But I'm doing something along that line. You know, exactly. like whether it be like a you know similar sound, whether it be like a similar kind of like play on like with, with the chord structure, chord progression, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. This is I mean you can't you can't avoid it. No. If you if you make music, you probably love music. If you love music, you have probably been listening to it for a long time and you have all this shit just stored in there that 
Well, it's going to come out eventually. It's going to come out, yeah. In one way or another. And yeah. it's going to it's gonna sound like someone that you've been influenced by. Yeah, and like most likely it's going to sound like you just sort of doing your... Not your version of it, but like, you know, the, the hope is that you're going to have your own voice to whatever is happening. It's like, okay, I'd, I'd like to think a lot of people don't want to do those things because they want to be someone else. They want to do their own thing. Right. But they can't help but like what they like. You know? Yeah. You're going to, you're, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a shame if like people would deny people the ability to sort of like use those as a creative part of the creative process. You know? but, mm. but then there's, yeah, there's always, then there's always the play in things and like someone just trying to take something to, to get, because they know that it works. Yeah. But it's not, I, I yeah. can't I can't stand that shit these days where it seems like there's more and more like there's like these mu- mainstream artists that are just literally pulling songs. Oh, they're pulling parts of and songs, then and almost like, like entire songs, and just yeah. singing over them. I hate it. I, that's a that's an example of you didn't even try yeah. to do something. It's like one thing to be like a like a like a you know hip hop producer like. You're doing some sampling. Who, like sample things. Right. But du- makes it actually like they're like taking stuff and making it their own, you know? Yeah. It's like amazing. Like they're right. putting things together. It's like it's like more than just like, oh, they took that beat. They actually like really worked on this. Right. But when you're just yeah, taking the song, I've I've noticed yeah. that too a lot these days and I think it's really lame. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really It's lame. it's just it's just poor songwriting. It's just like you're not yeah. writing a song, you're singing your own melody over an existing song and you're just like you're just like biting on this idea of oh like you know the 80s are big right now or the 90s so i'm just gonna take this people aren't even gonna care they're gonna be like oh that's good yeah because they heard it before <laughs> they didn't they don't they didn't even realize that they've heard it before. Oh, they, yeah there you go it's like, they didn't oh, that's a catchy riff it's, Why yeah, I- because they it was fucking famous 30 40 years ago you know but uh it's my hope is that things like that will not become the things that are going to be like long lasting. Yeah. And the know. stuff that actually gets. That's my hope. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I mean, my personal opinion the, the modern music industry, like the mainstream shit that's on the radio and MTV and all that now, if they play music anymore. Right. Um, I don't know. It's just. It's pretty, pretty much all garbage. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like. I don't listen to it a lot, you know. I mean, I yeah. occasionally hear one because I go out to a restaurant or something that just plays the fucking weird satellite radio thing or whatever, yep. and you know, you you are exposed to it by default. And um, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, yeah. I don't understand it. I and I guess. Every generation's gonna have its like really bad sort of like pop mainstream music, um, but I, I'd be curious to to hear what some of this stuff sounds like in ten years, you know? Yeah. Because there's always gonna be that breathing pair room when you sometimes you'll go back and you'll hear a pop song and you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't too bad, but 
some of the stuff I just can't stand it you know yeah. like and I don't know what it is that's pinpointing it some of it's exactly what you're saying right when they're literally just taking parts of songs or whole songs and putting right. them into and it's just so like the like that shouldn't be on the radio in my opinion that's something that someone could do if they go to a bar and they want to be a karaoke like but like you shouldn't yeah. have that on the exactly. radio yeah. <laughs> I mean like yeah. It's more like this, like, fuck you, that the labels and people of this are promoting that as, like, a... But everyone's got their game. They're like, right. oh, this is going to make money because it's something that we know. It's right. just like... Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, so those mainstream artists are, are paying to use the music, you know? Yeah. So they're right. paying the artists. They're, so they're, they're getting, their, least, they're getting yeah. their credit. At least they're getting the credit, uh, yeah. But it's not to say that these other people aren't still making, you know, bundles of the fucking cash oh, yeah. for doing this you know yeah, basically like, re-edit of a song they're doing like a um what would you call it it's not a parody but it's, it's like, a, like a medley like, or something kind yeah, of yeah yeah they, they take like that backtrack of like some yeah. popular song from you know way from back in the day and just do like a new and just do like a new song on top put a put a you know weird little beat behind it yep. you know like Take out the drum track, right. take out this, drum track right. this fat beat, uh-huh. and then just like sing or like rap on top that's of exactly it. And that's it. it. That's, that's, that's you want to make a million dollars? That's how you do it. That's it. Why are we not doing Here, that? Here, you take know. this song right now. You take uh, God. Yeah. Yep. Cut and out Ringo. Just do like a hip hop. Just do some rapping. Over Cut out it. Ringo. Put yep. on the the. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, sing whatever fucking bullshit you want to sing about. Oh, you know James, how you just gave someone an idea, man. They're gonna do this. It's you, gotta gonna co- you, gotta, you gotta pay me, fucker. That's right. You gotta <laughs> send me some money. That's <laughs> all you gotta do. Just listen to fucking music and just be like, I could, I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll do that song. <laughs> I want to do that song. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That did that sell a lot? Yeah. Let's do that song. <laughs> do a lot of people know that song? I'll do that song. <laughs> I'll name it something different. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no he's dead? Know. He's uh, dead? Oh, yeah, even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the people aren't going to know who it is anyway, so right. fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> no, man, that's that's the thing. I mean, I remember seeing an interview with Dave Grohl saying, like, oh, yeah, I learned how to write the perfect, like, like song, like, as far as, like, uh, you know, the catchy song. You know, it's just like, you know, you do your, you do your verse, then you do your chorus, and then you do another verse, and then you do another chorus, and then you do a little bridge, and then you do another chorus, and then you, you, you know, you do like the the bridge there, and then you do another chorus, and then maybe maybe double the chorus that time, and yep. it's just all fucking chorus. Yep. No, that's not it anymore, Dave. Now it's you do someone else's song. Yeah. And you write different <laughs> lyrics on top of it. That's that's where the money is now, baby. That's right. Do that. Yeah. yeah, you better get with the program now if you want to keep going. Yeah, <laughs> or either that or, you know, just keep on slugging away in the clubs. That's it. Yep. Keep on playing to five people a night. Hey, yep. we're going to do it this way. Yeah, the price of being uh, someone who wants to create something new yeah. and original, right? Integrity. Yes. It doesn't doesn't pay you any money. No. Not re- not usually. Never will, I don't think. Yeah, very rarely. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you put your time in and, and you do you do stuff that's really interesting. And and I'm saying kind of this to you directly because you have been, you know, in the music business for a long time as far as like doing your style of music, your 
your thing because it's very particular to, to what you do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's very admirable from a person that respects music and respects musicians as opposed to, uh, you know, just the, the music fucking music fucking factory mill churning shit out right. um, yeah some of that shit can That's be fun you know to listen to every now and then I, I have no interest in it yeah uh, other people I'm not I'm not really dissing them I think it's funny to talk about but I'm not yeah. if that's what you want to listen to uh, listen to it exa- yeah I yeah. mean exactly it's like it's not it's not, it's not our cup of tea, but it's like yeah. if it makes you happy again, it's just been getting back to that sort of it makes you happy. I'm not going to like deny you that. Right. You know, it's like I'm just happy that there's music that I can appreciate and that we can appreciate that is like I think it's because it's like you care so much and you really want to believe that the stuff you like is the good stuff, you know, like, right. but it doesn't really matter if anyone likes it it's like if you it's a personal thing music is always like personal so right. it's like as long as i still have that when i listen to something then that's that's all that matters right i think it's just for some people like us we're like how can you enjoy that <laughs> but, but and that's like, us being critical again like we were saying yeah. earlier it's just like no 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 people can like whatever they like it's right. just like oh no yeah. fuck that music yeah <laughs> We're, we're we're critical people. I mean, we we yeah. are musicians and we're fans and yeah, we fanboys. Yeah, and we we just I mean we like eclectic, a whole different swath of music. Yeah, and and you know I, I I cherish that about myself. I cherish that about some of the people that I know that like, you know, you can put on almost any different type of record and be and someone will like, oh that's cool, man. Listen to that. Like, all right, yep. yeah, let's hear this. And this is interesting for this reason. Yeah, I can hear that. Okay, that's cool. You know. There's always going to be new people that get into stuff. I mean, there's hope. There's young kids that are like we were that were curious and they're out there still. It's almost like there's always like, I almost feel like we were fringe. There's always going to be fringe people. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to believe that because I've seen like young kids like working out of school now and I'm like, there's some of them that are into cool things, you know? So like, yeah. the, and I feel like when I was getting to, into certain stuff, it was the same thing. There's always going to be like, not everyone's going to be as curious about this stuff. Right. Like as long as I, as we know that there's always going to be generations of people that are going to have that curiosity to be like, I want to get, yeah, explore why all this music is cool and all that. And like, you right. know, be, uh, um, like uh, taking chances on stuff, then like I don't know, that makes me happy. Right. I just it's, this mainstream, some of this mainstream crap is like really just horrible, and it doesn't seem to really like have anything to it. But there's gonna, there are people that will see through it, yeah, or will you know grow well, out well, of There's gonna things. be the counterculture, yeah. regardless the, of the of the people that are like, you know, I'd rather go out and go see a band that's right. playing their instruments and I can see yep. that they're playing their instruments and I know that they're writing their music and they're producing their own music and they're paying to make their own music to record yeah. it in a studio and bring it out here to me so that I can buy that record, you know? And yep. those are the people that, you know, musicians need. Definitely. Um, that's why something like what you did with the Kickstarter program is such a awesome concept and such a like successful thing nowadays is that, you can actually leave it up to your fans whether or not a fucking project gets funded. And that's I know. amazing. Yeah. You know, 
Um, yeah, I. And it's just like, and and you have a you have that thing about you where you're a big enough fan and and you know kind of uh, attentive enough in in the artistry of making music that you know it wasn't enough for you to just, you know, make the record and try to put, let somebody put it out. You wanted this to be out and you wanted it to be out on vinyl. And I want, well, yes, uh, that's exactly it. Because like, obviously I, I could have not spent any money really. And, uh, and just put it up on Bandcamp, just the the digital digital download. Right. And, and sure, that's great. I'm glad that the technology that I can do this stuff. Right. But yeah, I'm still a vinyl person, you know? And, yeah, that that's important. That's like always been important for me in every band, all the things we've done. It's always been like it's not final and it's not final till it's vinyl, you know. Right. And like if it's you know, who knows? I don't know if like new young people are gonna like have that same interest, like, oh, it's gonna be on a record. But I know yeah. like for our like generations and stuff, it's still to me really important that it comes out on on a record. Yeah. You know, and like so that was definitely the cru- that was like the impetus definitely like I mean that was I, right. yeah I kind of sometimes look at this Kickstarter as just my love for vinyl I was like I have to have my music on record so hmm. that's why I did it yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean it's it's kind of for you it's for yourself yeah but yeah. it's because you you love music and you can appreciate it and you can appreciate the sound quality of it alone and knowing like it's got to be out on on vinyl because that way this is going to be for people that appreciate music too. Yes. You know, absolutely. It's like, cause yeah, I mean, it could be on CD or something and that's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, being a musician, having CDs pressed uh, yeah. of a record that I have recorded, I'd be just as happy holding it, just knowing that it's done, yeah. and knowing it, it can be out there and that you can put this in, in someone's hand or they can go out and buy it at the record store oh, or something. Yeah. But yeah, there's just something about that, and and I and I really I'm happy that the the record industry is kind of moving towards vinyl again yep. to to kind of create that that um, that uh, revitalization mm-hmm. of appreciation of music because, like I said about my son, like picking up, I mean it was a CD, but I was just like, yeah, look at the artwork, uh, open yes. it up, and yeah. see that their names are on it, and see what those people did. Like it says that he played this, the guitar, yeah. he played the bass and he sang the songs and it has the lyrics of the songs and it has like, you know, where they recorded it and how they recorded it. Like, you know, yep. the artwork, it, it's all, it's all part of the package. Kind of puts it more like, uh, you know, in some ways it almost puts it in a time capsule. Like, because mm-hmm. you know, if when music is just wave files, you know, MP3s and stuff, it's like, it feels like it's just out there, just like in the air, and it's like you can't right. grab onto. But like having it stamped on something, either a CD or vinyl, or whatever, tape, or whatever, you know, it's something about just like yeah, it's like you've you've sort of pulled it out of the air, and you're like, oh, this is it right here, right, right. And like there's something about that that it's just important. Yeah, yeah. Like having that stamp on it. Yeah, like and, phys- and like physically a stamp on it. And I, like, I admit that I've lost that that touch with music for a long time. Yeah. Until I got back, until I got into this business, and then I and I then I remembered what it was like to be that kid, like when you first buy a record or a CD and you open it up for the first time and you're like looking at it and you're just like sitting there with it for a while. You're just like, oh man, look at this. Okay, cool. I'm like, oh yeah. And you're just looking at it back and forth and you're reading through everything and you're looking at the pictures. And with the digital stuff, you're not doing that anymore. 
like if anything I mean, you're so like convenient. looking at the record on on the screen and it's yep. like oh that's cool artwork cool yeah and then yep. that's it and it's gone and your mind and it's gone and it, and that's it like you never know what re- what studio they recorded in you never know who produced it you never yep. know who what the engineers were and stuff like that because it's not important to everybody no it's not but i'm glad that there are audiophiles people like that that are still going to like like it yeah. i'm hoping that it still continues to be something that people want is like a tangible right item for music i mean of course there's live performance people playing but like aside from that all you get is a record because if right. it's not that it's just a a digital file right and it just yeah just yeah there has to be something that you hold on to with music i don't know why mm-hmm. it seems like there should be even though it's an oral thing it's like um well i think it just puts you in, in touch with with the people like yeah, where they yeah. were at the moment and what they were feeling and and just uh and just give you some some memory for yourself like what was i doing on september 10th 1970 you know? uh, yeah like, what, wh- where was i when this was made like yes oh and and like so when these guys were doing this i was over here doing this like oh okay yeah all right it kind of puts it into perspective in your life yeah you absolutely know, like even if you weren't born i wasn't born in 1970 but even if still I like was. i felt like <laughs> it, yeah there you go well it's funny because this is 910 i wasn't born yet but a couple of weeks after this i was born oh, so right. it's kind of cool to see that you know yeah man so um, he was in the studio like fuck yeah, yeah i know just before you came out I, I, <laughs> before i popped out yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah I'm, i i that's exactly what it is though it's like i don't know it's like you probably love reading i like reading histories of bands and all mm. that stuff it's like all that shit's like really interesting so yeah having all of these things like the lyrics and all that stuff to look at it's like right it's so yeah i don't know it's important i'm yeah i'm glad it's still happening i'm glad that there's still people yeah. listening to vinyl and stuff like that because for a while people thought it was dead and now it seems like cds are the, the one that's gonna be dead yeah like, yeah cds are on their way out yeah yeah for sure. i mean you know cd is cd is just a container for a wave file you know so it's like yeah if you don't need the container anymore yeah you know it's sort of <laughs> like what's the point of it? <laughs> i mean i guess people could say that about a record too yeah. like but well well like I was, record's different. Yeah. when i was talking to dan it was just like the, that's the car jams yeah. Now when you you take and now you want to take it with you, that's oh. the way you take it. You I know? mean, look, I, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say that most if I were to like do a uh like if I was actually like you know, usage and like recording my usage of music, there's no doubt that most of it is me listening to digital yeah. file streaming and stuff. Right. And then the vinyl, even though I still buy vinyl and stuff, I'm still not listening to my records as much as I should, considering yeah. that. Yeah, well, because it's time-consuming. You know, time you got to dedicate your your time to put in this on. Yep. You know, definitely, definitely. It's, that that's the difference. Yep. And in our crazy, busy, hectic life now, it's just like it's harder to be able to say like I'm going to take a half hour and sit down with this record. Yeah. And, you know. That's the problem is because it's like you just put it on the iPod or you put it, you know. Like you said, card jams or I know for me, I work in an office, so I like just listen to shit in my headphones just right. on the computer. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't have a record player in my office and sit and listen to records. That right. should do that. but Well, everyone, everyone should dedicate a little bit of time. However, you're going to listen to it and actually listen to a full length record. Yes. Not a fucking single, not like, you know, on shuffle. <laughs> Put the fucking record on from beginning to end, 
at least once. This is doctor recommended. <laughs> you you do that once a month. Yes. Doesn't have to be the same record. Uh-huh. Maybe put on a different record. Go to your fucking local library. Go Ooh, borrow yes. a fucking CD. Oh, I used to do that. Yeah. I haven't done that in a while. But yeah. I used to do Just, it all the time. You know, fucking forget the Spotify for a little bit because this uh-huh. way at least you can bring it home. You can open it up. You can fucking look at the inlay. You can look at the track listing, the, the lyrics and the information. You know, the producer, the the artist who played on it, if it was, you know, aside from a band, like, you know, you sometimes get studio musicians in there for certain acts that, you know, yeah. they just have, they just need players for some instrumentation and stuff like that. And, just, and you would be surprised. You'd be surprised like what you find out. You know, like, oh, like yeah. oh, this guy played on that fucking record. I have Stephen Stills fucking second solo record. Uh-huh. I'm not a big Stephen Stills fan, uh-huh. but I have yeah. his record. Jimi Hendrix played on it. Oh, shit, really? I was just like, Jimi Hendrix played on this fucking record? Never knew it until I picked well, up the record. It's like Jimmy Page, you know, played on uh, the first Joe Cocker record. Oh, yeah. Like the one that has With a Little Help of My Friends yep. and stuff like that. You know, he plays guitar on that. Yeah, yeah, I had that one. Yeah, or like... um. You know, Betty Davis, Miles Davis. Is, you know, yeah. Neil Sean played guitar on that. Neil from, Sean? I don't know Neil Sean. From Journey, Neil oh. Sean. Oh, like okay. the guitar player from Journey. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird thing to find out that he played guitar on a Betty Davis record. Yeah, weird. I mean, but that's like one of those things where it's like you see it on the record. It says it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. oh my God, why? You might not necessarily hear it. But right. yeah, but fucking like looking through the document, you, you kind of see those things yeah. and you start to put it all together and it kind of puts things into a different perspective. And that's why we do this, I guess. And it's like, uh, it's a way to slow down because our world is like, you know, spinning out of control so fast. So like it, it does. It, <laughs> totally. And it makes you have to sit. You have to be in your house listening to the, a record and you right. have to be around it. So, yeah, I'm yeah. working on that patent. You know, the, the portable record player. Oh, you know, I, well. It's going to be a big fat like discman like this. <laughs> and you, you're going to put the record in and you're going to close it. And the, the stylus is going like, <laughs> to. Totally. I yep. love it. Yes. And I can walk around you with know, it. You know, well, that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, they have made things like this in the past. You find out that they like, you know, they were portable record players. People would carry around with them. Yeah. But you put but it down somewhere. You would put it down. It up, but yeah. I, what you, I like what you're going with this. I think they even tried to attempt to make. A record, a, like a, a record player in your car at one time too, which is seems like yeah. hilarious. But I think they actually did attempt to do it. It probably hmm. was like a forty-five thing, I'm sure. But I guess but so. But like, obviously that would be insane. But I like where you're going, and then you can like <laughs> have the records with you on the side, like, and then you just put, yeah, you maybe take one out and you stick one in. Right, oh, you just cool. put it in the sleeve, and then I fucking love so. it. I love this. Do it. Patent that shit. That's not real. <laughs> Anyone's welcome to take that one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come after you for it. There, because it'd be cool to see. <laughs> I'm curious to know how they would do it. It would be you'd have to keep that arm and needle stable. Yeah, no, I. It's. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. It, it takes some serious fucking like engineering yeah. to to come up with something to do that. Yeah, that's why the CD just took off the way it did because you could do that you could put it in the walkman you can put it in the car tapes and cds and yeah now mp3 i mean it's all convenience i mean that's exactly it it's you can't really knock it because it's like as long as people are listening to music 
like if they 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 have a need to listen to music luckily yeah um, it's just yeah so uh i want to i want to close this out but before i do and uh, before we go can um are you doing any shows for Chrome Jackson anytime soon? Uh, not right now. I wish I could say that I was doing something, but I do plan on doing stuff soon. I'm I'm trying to get myself back out there. I feel like I've been. Uh, I played one show <laughs> before I even recorded this stuff last year, in like November. It was my last show. Yeah. Um. But uh, don't worry. I am planning to do stuff in the future. Okay. I cool. just haven't. I don't have anything. Right now, up. but um, keep a ear out and eye out. Yeah, well, because you're you're still busy doing Doomsday Student anyway. Right. Yeah. 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 We've uh, you know we've got we've been uh, we've been on a break, but like uh, you know, so I do have a little bit more time. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, you know, when yeah, if like stuff like that happens, it makes it less likely. But like, I'm I'm hoping to do more shows. Yeah. With Chrome Jackson in the near okay. future, so. Well, either way, you know, we're going to put some links up to whatever you have. Uh, I'm sure you have links to where to get the record now. Yep. Yep. It's on Bandcamp and uh, you can purchase the record on Bandcamp and uh, on my Chrome Jackson. If you just search for Chrome Jackson Bandcamp, you'll find it. Um, And also, uh, other than that, I have it in the local stores like uh, Analog and Armageddon. Okay, cool. Um, Those both have the the vinyl. Yep. Uh, so if anyone's yeah. traveling through the great state of Rhode Island, that's right. You know, yeah. on your way to New York or Boston, yeah. you can make <laughs> you can make yes. a stop in yes. Providence. Please, please make a stop in those stores; they're awesome. Yeah. Um, but if they don't, then they can get it on the site, and I will send it to order them. it. Order it and so, get it shipped. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I do. I fucking ship all my records. You know, it's yeah, easy Again, enough. DIY. It's just like it's it's just coming from me. So uh, right. I don't have any distro right now for this record. So. I'm selling it myself. Cool. You know, so, you know, it'd be nice. Maybe I'll get someone to pick up some. It'd be nice, but yeah, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's always hard to see who's doing that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's not really that much of an issue right now because, you know, you already got it funded. You have yeah, it in your oh, hand. It's exactly. Like, so yeah, it's, it's pressed. Overhead is done. Is you got this thing. <laughs> you got, it's tangible now. It's, it's yep. here. It's in your hand and that's all that really matters. And, exactly. you know, whoever picks it up from this point on, it's just all, all gravy from there, and I hope they do. So I hope they uh, hope they get to hear it. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you uh, letting me play some of it tonight. So that would be uh, get more people out there. I know that I need to play some shows so people actually can be like, hey, you know, that's the way you've got to do it. You know, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, but you've been such a road dog dude your whole life. Yeah, you've been like, yeah, I I, I can't even imagine how many shows you've logged. <laughs> I should sit and try to like find out how many if I can. Uh, if I can like uh, try to go back and look through stuff I have and yeah, because you started yeah, you started playing when? Um, what year? Like uh, playing out yeah, shows playing out. or um, like ninety four was like when I first started playing with Eric. Yeah, and we started. Well, before it was called Arabon Radio, it was called Umbrella. Right. And uh, that was when we started with, uh, yeah, it was like 94. It was Eric and Jeff and Andrea. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and then we really started hitting it, like, in, like, 95. And then through, then, you know, from 
from ninety five on, I would say like pretty much like going maybe with like little breaks here and there, but yeah, definitely played a lot of shows in between ninety five and two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a right. long time now. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so now as you guys are getting older, it's just like you 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 take more breaks and longer breaks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's you know, you know, I mean, there's family stuff like Eric's right. got a kid and you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's in life just jobs and all that stuff since we're not making money doing this stuff. Right. <laughs> not yeah. when we not when we're not playing. I mean, when we play, I guess we can make some money, but right. it's not like we got But big even that, I mean, it's in. not like if you were to go on a massive world tour with with Doomsday student, let's just say. Right. And, I don't, and by massive, I don't mean like, you know, fucking what people are thinking like <laughs> what they're, they're fucking like playing stadiums, what? Yeah, yeah no, right. No, like I mean massive as in like your span and your reach, like you're playing in mm. Europe, you're going through a European tour, you do like what uh would well, you go as wait. far? You do some. You've done Japan before, or no? No, no. In fact, Japan. that's actually one place that we never got to tap into. But where else have you been in the world? Um, been well, been to Europe, been all through the United States, Canada, even some Mexico. Um, that's it. I mean, yeah. We haven't reached out further than that. Nowhere like uh, in Africa or like. No, yeah. no. God, that would be incredible. Or yeah. even South America, or yeah, you know, South America will eat your shit up. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people I know have gone. Yeah. And, uh, because those guys I, are just fucking dying for music. Like, yeah. I, I was in Bolivia for a little while when I was 15. Oh, so wow. Like back yeah. in 95. And those kids are just fucking dying for music. Yeah. Like they're just dying to be able to go to a live show. Yep. So, and, like, if you're an American band going through there, you could probably, like, if you can hook up with the right people, right. They'll probably put you, like, in some big place, like, some big. Like venue, yeah. like I don't like I, I'm. I'd be hesitant to say like they have like, like a like a theater, but something along those lines. Like you know maybe like a thousand capacity, and it yeah. could ju- it could be sold out. Like I I was in a band playing covers in Bolivia, which was weird. Oh wow, because it was Crazy. hard hard to get it together because we were just kids. First of all, like we didn't know what to play. Like we didn't have any gear gear to play on. But I remember like we rented a, a club. A nightclub for for the <laughs> night for our graduation of the school we were going to. In, oh my in, god! An American school, <laughs> and uh, and the place was sold out. Really? Sold out. Kids were going nuts, and we were playing covers. Wow! Oh my god! Yeah, and it was just it was the craziest fucking thing because we had no idea. We were just like you know, DIY like printing up tickets, being like you know, hey, yeah, this is a few few pesos, few bolivianos. That's what they were calling. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's dirt cheap, you know, but it's like for us, we were like. Holy shit, the thing sold out. Like, that fucking, is incredible. Yeah. Well, I've definitely heard that from bands that have gone down there. You know, like I've, some of our friends, I think, I always think of like Drop Dead. I think they went to South America and they're like rock stars, you know, and they yeah. go to those places That's like awesome. that. Like, um, but yeah, I've heard that, you know, I just, yeah, haven't done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows? Right. <laughs> yeah. So even if you make money like going out on tour, like when you do it, it's just like, it's not, necessarily as much when you break it up between the four members in the band and oh, you yeah. get like the tour manager and then you got like a roadie guy and you oh, pay yeah. them so like the actual take home at the end of the night is not necessarily that great no and uh you know i mean it, you know it was cool in that uh the last time we went to europe like we we came back and we definitely like did more than break even which was good but it wasn't like a lot of money, but we were able to sustain ourselves on the tour 
we didn't really spend much money and then we came back with a little bit of money. So it was kind of like being, it was sort of like you were working. Yeah. You know, like your job working. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Best job in the world. I know. (laughs) Absolutely. When it works, it's the best job in the world. Oh, I know. Yes. When it, when it is like going right, it's the best thing ever. Definitely. Definitely. I think so too. That's great. For sure. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I hope that, you know, some people buy this record. I hope that Thank you. you guys get back out on the road with uh, Chrome Jackson and Doomsday Student because I know, you know, it takes some time, takes some planning with you guys these days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, sure. uh, you know, you got a bunch of records with Doomsday Student as well. You got three mm-hmm. full length now. Yep. Three full length records. Yeah. Yeah. So, and all yep. of those are out and they're on a 3-1-G. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. And, exactly. Um, yeah. So people can find find you there. Yes. Yeah. Those records this. are readily available. I mean, like our yeah, our last two records. Uh, the first record's out of print, but the other two that we have, Walk in Hysteria Park and um, Self Help Tragedy, those are still available on all of the sites. Final CD, and also in distribution. Eight track tape. <laughs> Got them. Laser disc. <laughs> <laughs> so la- laser disc dat, issues. Dat. Yeah. Dat copies. <laughs> you know, you really. Really stretched thin that budget. You that's know, right. Got Real it all real. out there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Those real to reels. That's right. Real. That's a big one. <laughs> that is. That's for the diehards. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, man. Steve. Hey, thanks, man. Dude, thanks for coming. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank Steve you. Steve Maddox, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Two hours, Steve. <laughs> Look at that. Right on the dot or just right. over. <laughs>